Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Flank. I'm joined by my friend, my companion, my dude. You guys already know who the fuck it is, guys. It's Ben Janessine. Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Woke up. So I went out last night after right the show. Uh, oh, you went out? Got, yeah, I got pretty turned. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty mixed last night. Uh, and then, well, whilst, <laughs> whilst I was drunk last night, decided to random book a tea time for like eight in the morning to play today, mm. which was a terrible idea because it rained this morning. So I oh, was, tough. it was a little, it was a little bit of a struggle this morning. I had, I had a good time just playing, just me and a friend. So you so went we out, got fast. drunk, and it made a tea time for eight a.m. Were you still drunk on the fucking tea? Mm. He was still drunk. Well, I was. I, I wasn't drunk on the tea. I was definitely feeling it though. Okay. Well, that's always good. I'm glad. <laughs> hey, hey, Ben. It's listen, always good to get loose sometimes. Listen, you know, have some fun. We're enjoying. We're listen, Enjoying the weekend. Had a good time. Came back. I've been watching COD for what seems like ten hours now. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, watching the U.S. Open. The Euros are pretty lit today. Some other esports stuff going on. So that's good day, good. Tom. Fantastic. We have a lot. We say this a lot every time on the show, but I think today's nah, today, special, we listen, have a lot of COD to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we do. Today yeah. was a long, long fucking day. And then on top of that, I was at the venue all day today. I was at the event. Uh, we were filming videos, and I was talking to some of the players, and I was doing some behind-the-scenes shit. So, you know, I missed a few things here or there because I was a little bit busy. So I know, Ben, you're going to have my back today. Uh, we also have Asim joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get well, a round guys. of applause for Asim. Uh, New York desperately needed this guy this weekend, but... He's going to be joining us uh, today on the show, so let's drop away some of the chat. Asim, how you doing? Doing good, Tom. Um, obviously, very disappointed that the boys lost today. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad that they uh, somehow got that win on the board against Florida. I felt like uh -huh. they should have won 5-0. to zero, uh -huh. but, um, it, it sucks, man, seeing them lose. And honestly, like, it, it just goes to show you, like, I, I know a lot of people talk about how, like, oh, my God, like, I, it really shows like how much they needed me and all this stuff and like yeah like i i know i'm a, a crucial part to the team and i mm. and i know i'm very important but like I, i've been saying this all weekend i think if you take away a bz or kleenex off toronto it, it, you wouldn't see that big of a drastic uh, difference in mm -hmm. their in their gameplay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've been trying to say it all year, Tom. Like, it needs to be a collective thing between everyone to play the dirty work, play the objective, all right. that sort of stuff to consistently win. Because, yeah, 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 you see us with the way we play. We do consistently beat or we do beat teams, but not in a consistent fashion. Yeah. And, and, and Clay was saying the same thing today. I mean, we were talking about it like. It shouldn't be that drastic of a change when you're exactly. gone. And that just goes to show that, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the map. And I see a couple of people saying L-take, but it's not an L-take. I think a lot of teams will rely on a specific player, like one or two players, to do certain things and to take certain routes and to do unselfish work. But at the end of the day, the best teams have all four players doing it, depending exactly. on where they're spawning. It's all situational. You know, it's all situational. And I think the best teams figure that out and know that everybody needs to be unselfish. Everybody needs to do the dirty work. And there's a lot of things that go unnoticed. There really is. A lot of people don't know what you do on the map. A lot of people don't know what some of these other players on these other teams do on the map. All they look at is, you know, stats and, you know, kills and, you know, basic shit, right? And even some, like, even, like, rotations and shit like that. People don't pay attention to the routes and the comms and the and the unselfishness, the baiting and the switching. There's so much that goes on in the game of Call of Duty that people have nothing about. And obviously, that's what we do on the show, right? We try to educate people a little bit on kind of what's going on. And listen, sometimes people don't agree with our takes. But listen, guys, I've been doing this for a long time. Asen's been doing this for a long time. Ben has been behind the scenes with a lot of these pro players. 
Um, so a lot of the, you know, I would like to say that I think us and some of these pros that come on and have to speak know a lot about what we're talking about. I think a yeah. lot of what we're talking about is is the truth and just kind of how it works. We also got fucking Parasite joining us today. Parasite, how you doing today? Yo, what's good, Tom? What's up, everybody? Uh, rough day for me, challengers, but uh, got to watch a lot of the matches, and it was a, it was a really exciting day, man. I'm sorry to hear that, Chris. I, I personally didn't watch challenges at all today. I usually do. But today, oh, I, I just been I've been working. You know, I've been at the venue just doing all kinds of shit. But we should get into the matches right away. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got five matches, guys. Today was an absolute banger of a of a day. Uh, I mean, if you're a Call of Duty fan, you got to be happy with the with this one. Um, you know, we kicked things right off with the New York series, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> get it get it running, Ben. Start running this shit up. Yeah, we'll kick it uh, off. we have Ace in here. Asim, want to know your thoughts on this walkout from your boys, one for ten. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I was there, I would have backed off Clay and uh, backed up Clay and done the Power Ranger one. I love doing like you know, funny, funny stuff, especially on stage. <laughs> I mean, that one was like okay, you know. It was I feel like funny. they could have done something funny. funnier, you know. I yeah. thought it was pretty good. There's only I so think much the you could do. The, the, the best ones we've seen was the Dallas um, Rambo Way Rambo Ray that one. Was with the, one. The golf. The golf. Yeah, that was a good one. The golf. Yeah, that was a good one. That was definitely a good one for sure. But I yeah, actually like, like that one. To further what I was saying too, like someone said, Cap, like if Abizi or Cleans were taken off the map, Atlanta and Toronto would still have problems. A hundred percent, I do agree they would still uh, have problems. Yeah. But, but like I am saying, is New York, especially with how good our hardpoint was previously, they should not be going 0 and 4 in this weekend. And that's not on Decimate whatsoever. That is on the team. I what I'm trying to say to everyone is that everyone as a collective needs to do the dirty work and the objective and and all that stuff combined. It can't just solely be on me or solely be on. Bro, this like, was acknowledged from the team. I mean, the, the, yeah, the New York like, subliners themselves, the whole team is sitting there talking about this shit. I yeah, mean, you see, yeah. you see JP tweeting out. You see Clay say like, yeah. Yeah, we're it, all it, talking about it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something that we shit. need to address. And I think this weekend was very evident to everyone as to what happened with my with our team. You know, like we're we're definitely going to use this weekend to learn. And honestly, if, Tom, it might be a blessing in disguise. Like maybe, maybe this shows the whole team that hey, like we need to step it up as a team and not individually if mm -hmm. we want to get championships on the it's board. It's a team game. Because you've seen in the finals, Toronto and FaZe, when they win, they win collectively, together. They mm -hmm. all fry together. It's not just one a one-man show. Every time you see FaZe win, every time you see Toronto win, mm -hmm. it's because all of them are doing good together. Yep. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm, and a simple think, way to say that, Asim, is that like every single like you're an enabler for your team, but everybody on all the other top teams like Toronto and FaZe, they all enable each other. Exactly. I think that's uh, mm -hmm. what your team lacks sometimes. It's oh, just yeah. about everybody being able to do anything at any given time. That's what makes good exactly. Call of Duty teams when you have multiple players adapting to the situation. Um, but listen, enough with that, right? We'll go into the series and we'll talk about it a little bit. I personally think New York Subliners threw this first map then. I mean, I think that New York could have won all five of the maps in this series. Um, I think on the Florida side, this is a... Because I want to speak a little bit about them to start off here. I, I think they're going to take a lot of lessons from this series. I think they had a lot of potential we're playing well in this stage but in the like collectively as a team just we're not playing together in a lot of these maps mm -hmm. uh, i think they got away with this one because of some crazy streaks uh just amazing single plays being made by big wake and neptune on this map yeah, yeah. but legitimately fraud, new york it, i agree with you should have won this form. map i mean neptune he picked up right where he left off yesterday i mean this fucking guy He's all over the place. He's all over the map. I think the one problem with him is just sometimes he needs to just slow down a little bit. Like, sometimes he needs to realize that he needs to play his life. But 
hey i'll take it any day of the week if he's going out dropping numbers that doing the things that he's doing i mean i'd rather have him getting a little bit over aggressive sometimes than not getting aggressive at all you know what i'm saying so i think it's a good yeah. problem to have i think it's always a better problem where you have to slow down rather than have to speed up you know what i'm saying chris yeah, and he's he's actually gotten a lot better, like in terms of oh, like his yeah. cut IQ. He's like good. you can you can tell his pacing's a lot better. He's not just kind of running out. And I don't know about you guys, out of all the players that I thought, like all the young players that haven't really played too much too many lands, especially on this uh, on COD, um, uh. I was I didn't see that Neptune was gonna be the best out of all of them. I think Neptune, out of all like the players that hasn't really played land too much, especially uh. in COD, uh, he's probably he's probably one of my like best ones, if not maybe like what Reese. Reese has been good too, but like everyone else, uh, that's um, a good I didn't point. See it, yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. He would have. I thought he would have struggled the most out of all the young players playing online because of his playstyle. Like, mm -hmm. I think you've seen all the fast-paced players usually like they they like check themselves, especially online with how like fast you kill and how the, how slow the game like slows down. But Neptune honestly surprised me a lot. He, I think he had a hundred kills and like seventy deaths this this series. Like, he was he was putting in work, and oh, yeah. not only was he playing fast, but he was very efficient, which yep. uh, we were truly surprised. 100%. He's a, a very impactful player. I mean, yeah, he is. the things that he's doing on the map just opens up so many gaps for his team. I mean, it just makes it a lot easier. Um, and it showed. It showed in this series. It showed throughout the weekend. Um, unfortunately, Florida, the run is over. Uh, but they played They played pretty good. Um, ben, I know that you disagree. I think you think Florida had a lot of issues this weekend that you kind of wanted to talk about. Well, I thought Florida looked good in the other series they played. I just think, I just think this one, they just didn't come out with the the team chemistry needs to be able to really like win a series that they should win against a team that has a pickup player. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad loss for Florida. They're a young team. Uh, they're going to make champs this year. Uh, they have a really good opportunity to kind of use this experience and make that jump in major five and get themselves into the conversation. So I don't think it's all dim and gloom, mm -hmm. but I felt like Florida should have played a little better overall in the series. Yeah, they made a good comeback here in the hard point. They made a good comeback. They were able to flip spawns from that to that P4 hill. Um, or P5 it was, the last tail. They were able to flip and uh, and bring this one back and just kind of hold on. They built themselves some streaks as well that they can work off of. Um, but then we go into the next map, the S&D. Uh, listen, one thing I really love about uh, LAN right now is, one, just seeing everybody back on stage is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's um, honestly unreal. It, it, it's so nice to see people back on stage. It's so nice to see people get up and scream and get passionate and talk shit. And um it's just been really fun it's been really fun and being at the venue today and just seeing the atmosphere of people getting on stage and it's just the overall vibe of just walking around the venue and getting ready to play and getting ready to set everything up it's just a whole different it's a whole different atmosphere man and it's it, i'm so happy that we're finally taking steps in the right direction and uh listen man i think soon enough we're gonna have some fans back in the fucking building because that's what we're, that's that's Hopefully, what we need man we need, we need you guys back in there fucking going crazy because you guys are, are everything you guys are the energy you guys are the backing behind call of duty so we need you guys in there so that's the next step is to get everything going but we go into a moscow snd um and florida uh, uh, they they struggled in this one ben uh yeah i mean they had a, they actually kind of won some crazy rounds i kind of want to watch the first one and then i want to watch um the fourth round because neptune had a pretty could kill in that round but other than that new york play really well in most of these rounds uh we'll kind of watch round five after this we'll watch these two back-to-back -back rounds and watch the last round i just thought overall from new york big improvement in the snd from from yesterday mm -hmm. uh, i think that was a big reason why they look so good in this series i mean very surprising for them to take two snds against florida 
I mean, let's just say how it is. My fucking guy Hydra went the fuck off this map. Yeah. I think he had 17 kills. He had 17 actual kills. I don't know what he had. Ikea, Ikea, or what do you say? Ikea or Ikea? Ikea. I don't know what the kids they say these days. But fucking Ikea, these, this fucking guy, he was going off. And listen, man, I think Paco, you know, it was his first time on the big stage, right? Um, and after the loss today, he was very hard on himself, just walking with his head down, and he just looked really upset. So, you know, I talked to him, and I was telling him, listen, man, a lot of young guys, they come onto this big stage, and they never perform as good as they want. It's a, it's a different atmosphere. It's hard to get used to it sometimes. You're in a different, you're in a different place. You're, you're on a different monitor in a different sea, and then the game feels a little bit different, and the comms sound different. Everything sounds different in your ear. Like, it takes time sometimes to get the feel of it yeah, all. Facts. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, kid, you got to keep your head up. Because, you, you know, I watch you play and, you know, your potential is through the is through the roof. Your potential is insane. Just the way you you move around the map, the way you challenge gunfights and some of the things you were doing. You know, you can't you can't be too hard on yourself. And one thing I told him is you got to get used to losing. Because you can't win everything. You can't. You need, to, you need to know how to take losses. You need to know how to take that shit on the chin. Keep your head up and learn from it. You know, you can't let it destroy you. And you can't let it ruin your confidence. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to Hydra. Because, you know, it was his first time playing on the big stage. And, you know, he had some great moments. Um, and I think Hydra knows that he could have played better himself. But I think everybody from the New York squad thinks they could have played a little bit better. Uh, but they were in a tough situation. So, Hydra, if you're watching, keep your fucking head up. Keep fucking pushing that gas pedal down because you are a fucking unit and it's been an absolute pleasure watching you play so far this year um and as, as well as all the other guys on new york and and shout out to florida as well because they got a lot of new guys who came right you got awakening you got neptune uh they're making their land debuts here in cod and and they made some names for themselves too i think they played really well and i think that they showed that you know online land that's all a bunch of fucking fugues and i saw maven and octane talking about it a little bit and listen, Maven was saying the same thing. He thinks this whole online to land thing is dragged. He, you know, sometimes he thinks people drag it a little bit. I'm not saying there's no difference, guys. And I definitely think there's some outliers. And I definitely think some players are better on land, vice versa, whatever. But I don't think any of the results this weekend have been a surprise. And I don't know if you guys agree agree or disagree. Not, not, not entirely. I agree with you. I think, like I said, like you, were, like you were saying, it always just comes down to the individual player. I think certain individuals get better, but unless you have multiple of those individuals that might not like improve or feel like they get worse on land, you don't really ever see any changes in the results of a team. But I don't opinion. know, Chris, do you think that it's just people or legit, like Octane, right? Do you think Octane is just better on land or do you think he mentally just fucks himself online and just like, you know, mentally he just can't get into a rhythm? Because he knows it's online. And he, I think he... it could be a bit of both, man. Like, honestly, because, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the league, the league's taking steps with the servers and stuff like that to make things a little bit fair. So it, it's not as bad as it was back in the day, right? When we were playing on, like, we had people on the West Coast with cable pinging 100 and scrims. Right. And, and all that stuff so it's it's definitely not as bad and it's probably more mental than it is now mm -hmm. but you know there's still always going to be a, a difference it it could be the atmosphere it could be the mental whole you know yeah. thing you know who knows yeah and I, I, listen i see somebody saying i called it i'm not even trying to be like i'm that guy i called it i don't give a fuck i'm just saying hey it's been like that for years guys i mean i've been i've been in the cod scene for a decade and it's always been like that where the top teams online are the top teams on land it just never changes that's why I was very confident in saying that and having arguments with people about that because, like, it's just the history repeats itself, you know? Well, the one thing I will say, it's it's more so for the vets, man. Like, being a veteran, like, even just, like, 
myself, right? I'm like playing at home, like after a while, especially for how long it's we've been draining. out of commission. It's draining. It drains you, man. Yeah, like, no, it is. The, the the land, the whole back to land stuff, it, it like revitalizes a lot of players' passions. And I think that's like one of the main aspects in terms of why you see some of these other players, you know, stepping up. Yeah, no, 100%. My, uh, my only counter to that is I would agree with that if it was a short term period, but players have had about a year now to adjust to playing at home. Uh, and I, I don't see that. Like, I, I understand kind of uh, Octane's like kind of POV in that argument, but I, I do think like there is a little bit of responsibility on players it, yeah, to have yeah, yeah. even in the season switchover to like mentally prepare yourself for what you know is going to be a pretty yeah. heavy grind online. No, I, I completely agree with you, Ben. It's more so that like some of the stuff like is unavoidable, like especially with the whole COVID aspect. Like, obviously, if this online stuff happened and, and COVID wasn't a thing, like it, it would have been a lot easier for people to get out, have better social lives and stuff like that. But with COVID and stuff like that, not only are you sitting there playing online, you were like obviously secluded like you didn't have really much time to kind of get out and and you know for some of these players relieve some stress and hang out with their hey, friends and bro, stuff like it's that. important to live exactly it, it, like, and... it, 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 people don't understand like bro when you're locked up like fucking looking at a screen and you're going through a cycle and you're you're fucking eating unhealthy and you're fucking listen that's on a lot of gamers as well, because a lot of them are just like, you know, they they could be getting out, go to the gym, do this, yeah. do that. But, you know, like a lot of them, you know, I don't I don't have any excuse for that. But listen, if you want to be the best, you got to put in the time. And and that's mm -hmm. why I think a lot of players, they're so stressed about like performing. They're so stressed about keeping their spot. They want to win and and the passion comes in. And then that's for me. That's where I struggled. Like I just couldn't get off. Like I just felt like. I needed to keep playing in order to beat the best. You know what I'm saying? And it's not always like that. Quality over quantity. And I think that was my biggest mistake over competing 100%. so many years is sometimes I would play too much and I would I would look myself in the mirror and I looked like I was fucking sick. My, yeah. I had dark eyes. Like, it, it fucking, I, I just looked like I looked terrible. You could just tell that I wasn't sleeping <laughs> or I was just stressing and shit. Ben, so if guys, you have anything to point on this map, pause the video. We got yeah, five yeah. series to talk about like we're, we're gonna try and get through no. these first couple as quick as possible You know, yeah. we got we got yeah. a lot of series to talk well, about the one so. thing I, wanted to I mean the only thing I wanted to say about like the whole like online thing because I've been playing in the online league Like the last two years is like I think last year was kind of it was very hard It was it was more like like how screwed up like the servers were and how people were playing on host but i think the cdl has made absolute strides this year and mm -hmm. i do agree with what tom said i think it's a lot more mental this year than it was last year i think the the servers and, and all that stuff has been super free uh, or super fair and yeah. i think like obviously there's a big difference going into land but um like tom has been saying it all week long like the the teams that you see that are going to championship sunday are the teams that you the best were teams. it never yeah. changes online, it, it, never yeah, changes. it never changes it's always it the same year after year yeah. it's always it's always same. at the top level that it never changes at the bottom level. That's when you kind of see these weird results sometimes, but well, most of the time with, the top with some few, you know, like some few variables, you know, like yeah. I think Slash is a lot better on land. I think Octane's a lot better on land. Like there's certain players that I think are just better. And Prim looked a lot better on land. Prim looked a lot better. A lot, a lot of the vets, right? Like those AR veteran players that like to play their angles and play their preams. And, you know, there's, there's different play styles that work better. Um, but in terms of like who's at the top and who's at the bottom, it, it's very minimal. It's very yeah, little. Of course. Um, but let's get back into the map, right? New York. Uh, they're trying to work some stacks here on control. Well, uh, I want to drag it back a little bit, Tom. I, I thought going back to my earlier point about how I felt Florida played, like I I feel like they got in trouble in this map. Mm -hmm. 
because they basically don't really have a plan as a team on how they want to attack the situation. It's super mixy. They get these laundry spawns, and look in the next like 15 or 20 seconds. They play so where, loose, Ben. That's where everybody do. is for floor on the map. There's not a lot of people playing off each other. People are, everyone on the team is hitting routes. It's just absolutely chaos. This. One guy's an R, one guy's yeah, a DK, one guy's a place. You want to know who that's credit to? Number four. Because I'm fairly sure they got information that number four was pushed up around Kitchener money earlier, and they just didn't know how to deal with them. Because obviously the point's not being ticked at B, so yeah. they know this guy's just camping in there, but they're spawning A, and there's players attacking A. And I think what Mac was doing, just like kind of staying alive in there, being a nuisance, not really giving away his position, is honestly probably what caused a lot of that confusion because me as a player when that happens and a guy gets in your kitchen but b and a are still not like being fought it kind of confuses you like what should i do as a player do i wrap basketball do i flood this guy out kitchen i have players at a like i think what matt and mac was going nuts right here by the way like he obviously went really nuts on this he round thing he yeah he had a really good sure. he had a solid round but like that's credit to him in all honesty no, that yeah. caused that confusion but to further like like obviously in that situation that's the explanation but i mean i i feel like we talked about this before tommy but like i feel like the reason why florida is so loose and they they were too like in the beginning of the modern warfare year and they were like a little bit in towards the later half but mm -hmm. i i give that uh, that tribute to to pharaoh i felt like ever since they picked up pharaoh in modern warfare he really kept that team um like on the in, same a, in page. a place yeah on the same page and yeah. on the same mindset and ever since losing him this year it's been ev very evident that they play very loose like and very unorthodox than other teams yeah i mean i, I think it's a, again it's a learning experience for the mason yeah. they're gonna go yeah. back and watch the series and be like we know we're close. We know that we have the individual talent to beat some of these teams. If we can just get on the same page, we're going to have some crazy series on land and not have Clay yelling at us across the stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, bro, I love, uh, listen, people can say whatever they want about Clay. You know, I see a lot of people saying, you know, people are like, yeah, first of all, yeah, Florida. Not even that. I'm just saying, you know, people like to say certain things about like Clay and his passion and emotion, and people think he's annoying. And, um, you know, I saw somebody call him a man child. Uh, but listen, he's passionate and he cares and he brings a lot of energy and I and I think someone who's played the game I, I admire that I admire somebody that puts everything they got into it And you, you know, he's not afraid to fucking speak up for himself and talk shit across the stage Especially if people are yapping at him and then on top of that you had the referee yapping and fucking filming clay today And, and yeah. saying oh this guy's raging look That's at him That's what made cod great in the first place man Like at the end of the day we're playing a competition and that should be everyone's priority But showmanship is an incredible thing for for our sport and it's literally something that we we built our community off of the reason why we have all these you know huge twitter followings and stuff like that was because of the showmanship and the drama and the shit talking and stuff like that obviously it's a lot more toned down well, now why do you think this, there's this a, show exists yeah exactly there's <laughs> there's a, there's a place for it and i don't think that clay most of the time is at, is uh, you know yeah. out of line in no, that no, sense no, listen, sometimes he's, clay can go over the top you know yeah. sometimes he's a little fucking crazy you know clay he likes to fucking go nuts um but what are you gonna do you know i i'd rather have him go nuts than not do anything at all i mean he's there entertaining I mean, people Tom, sometimes it works and then sometimes you remember the time in anaheim when we done oh two and he talked smack do you want to let everybody know what happened the next three maps we lost we lost no you we won what are you talking what do you about mean? you just no, said we went down oh two yeah he was on a united 
This oh, is the, this oh, is the, the, I thought you the, were talking about on phase. No, no, it's the Black Ops. Because there, there. there was times on phase where, where we were up 2-0, and Clay would <laughs> fucking get up and start screaming like a fucking idiot, and then we would lose, you know? And, and then the other <laughs> well, team that, would stand. the other side of it, too. You know, it, there's two sides to it, you know? It's, it's yeah. gone back and forth, you know? And, and I remember Ian and Abel used to say to Clay, like, Clay, can you calm the fuck down? You're making us fucking, you're giving us the fucking, you're making these guys go 10 times harder when you stand up and start acting like a fucking asshole. But listen, it was all good fun. Honestly, I, my, my favorite part today, Tom, is if you go back, I screenshot it and made a joke on Twitter. Uh, if you go back, that picture of Clay yelling, there's a, you can look at Hydra and he's just looking at Clay and laughing. I thought that was really funny. Nah, yeah, yeah, nah, Paco, <laughs> listen, man, he had to, he definitely, in the mix. yeah, he was enjoying himself. He was enjoying <laughs> himself, and I think that's important. I see a lot of people uh, talking about the referee, kind of what happened. Um, if those of you who didn't see, Clay actually tweeted out today. Um, that the referee was after the match was was recording him and obviously clay was very frustrated because they had just lost and the referee was mumbling like he's he's raging he's raging like i got it all on film whatever like he was you know he was kind of mocking him a little bit you know like mocking him making him like like clay some fucking asshole or something so clay looked at the camera and camera guy and said fuck you you know he said fuck you and then uh you know a lot of people were coming at clay or saying weird shit for that but i'm on clay's side here yeah i would have said that same shit I'm, yeah. I'm on, and, and listen i know the league the league didn't like it either you know the cdo didn't like it um listen these referees got to be accountable because if the players yeah, the, the, the ref, yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a ref it was a cameraman right that's i think that's what no, we i don't think it was a ref i believe it was a, yeah, it was a cameraman it was, like a yeah, it was a cameraman with all due respect cameraman you're a fucking prick <laughs> go fuck yourself bitch yeah you can film them and shit just stop don't say anything yeah, like yeah, what yeah, <laughs> commenting I, mean, uh, on his, uh... I mean it's just it just goes to show that the cameramen are out there trying to make people look bad they're trying to fucking get people while they're down you know they're trying to fucking pick their emotions and get it all on camera and listen i'm all for it but don't say anything stupid you know especially in the heat of the moment and then, you know clay says something and people are gonna come at clay because now clay looks like a fucking asshole and they don't know the whole story so that's why clay's always coming out yeah. having to fucking defend himself because people gotta hear the whole story you know but what yeah. are you gonna fucking do sometimes people are a bunch of fucking assholes Cam and you cameramen are the storytellers it. and let the casters be the fucking narrators if you're a cameraman you should not be fucking narrating the fucking yeah yeah pretty well, much let's uh let's get back to this map uh, yep. let's start from here so so New York was down a lot. They managed to get back in this map. And this Street Hill, I think there's a lot for us to break down that happens here. I think, again, from New York's POV, I think they'll think that they kind of threw this and they were in sort of a prime position to complete this comeback and end the series with a 3-1 victory. Mm -hmm. um, they definitely trolled a little bit. Um, but I think Florida did a good job clutching up. Wait, the yeah. Florida Florida won this map, correct? Yeah, they won this Florida map. Florida won this map. Been yeah. a long fucking day, guys. I'm losing my I fucking mind. Like this route that Cole took, even though he got caught, he might have got sound. Oh, yeah, we were bit. 0 and Hardpoint. What the fuck am I saying? Uh, fucking yeah. I mean, I thought we blew streaks a little bit. I, I don't know if I really agree with the way we used our streaks. Um, but I think right here. We just can't let anything happen. We can't let anything stupid happen well, right here. I feel here. like Mac, Mac should have just streaked right away. And then that way they can push out street and like spawn them super deep. Instead, he held on to it. I mean, it we win the here. Like, we win here. Like, he's in yeah. the bus. They're all spawning out. Just drop the streak. Get all this time. And it, instead of fucking winning here, we kept getting off the hill. We kept being weird with it. Like, we, we, we blew it. We fucking blew it. We had to win it there. We, we got a clean four dead. We should have been pushing out cuts. He should have been holding the bus and having the guy on hill stay down. And, and somehow we, we went down. I'm not really too sure what happened. And then at the end of this map, things got really mixy. And this is well, where... I want to ask your opinion, Tom. So Matt, Matt calls in these streaks and then he gets out of the hill. Like from your POV, like I know this is, ends up being kind of sometimes a 50-50 play. Like 
into the group as well. Do you think that was a good play for Mac? Do you think he should have held time and maybe tried to push they out straight? They should have won off that. They should have won off that. If he stayed on it, they win, no? Yeah, yeah. They sh he, he should have stayed on it, I think. Or I don't even know right, how to I'm fuck. Baked, did, I'm baked. I'm baked. Did somebody, did somebody 12, get... Did somebody yeah, get no, I'm baked. I'm baked. No, no, go back before that. Go back. Go back before that. Right here. Dude. Play right here. Play right here. So right now, right, all of New York is on time. And I want to see what happens because it's hard to break down. Skies tries to pinch it behind. He dies. A guy tries to contest to the front. JT we end up dying. One of us needs to get on the fucking hill here. We finally get on the hill. Mac decides to streak. I personally think Mac should have streaked earlier. I think just he should have streaked, streaked at like 40 seconds when yeah, they got busted. He should have yeah, yeah, streaked earlier. Yeah. He should have got the streak control. We would have been able to push out cuts or whatever. But that's not even the most of it. All right. It gets worse. Now, this play was very questionable. A lot of people agreed with Clay's play. A lot of people disagreed. Um, some people in the pro lounge were like, what is Clay doing? I personally didn't mind the play. I didn't mind it. So Clay, he decides to take a super long route with an AR here. And the reason why he's doing that, so if you pause the game, uh, Ben, this is why I think Clay made a good play, personally. And I know people are going to disagree. Uh, we were watching it with some of the phase guys at the venue, and they thought it was a kind of fugue's play, but... Listen, right now, Florida, they know that they have the good spawns for that, for that next tail. So they're not going to try and push on a contest. They're going to hold. So Clay's like, listen, if we just don't challenge and stay alive, and you guys allow me to take this route, I could come in from behind and shoot them all in the back, and we can win the game right now. You guys just need to stay alive and make sure you don't challenge. So continue to play, Ben. As Clay's, well, com as Clay's coming around this corner, Decimate chows. Decimate slides out. He chows. We end up getting pinched. Clay ends up getting a kill, but it's too late. You know, Florida, they make their play on, on, on the hill, and they end up dying. So a lot of people were like, oh, well, should have Clay should have done that, or should Clay have just flooded? Maybe maybe Hydra should have done it because he was well, there with them. But right. also, on top of that, there's a really unfortunate scenario with number five. Yeah, I was about to say, number four and number five get weird timing. So I understand Clay's POV. You know, though, that, like, Havoc's going to make this play, like, a lot on he this He does hill. it all the time. He always he does He does it all the shit. time. And if Mac had come around the corner, again, timings matter. If Mac had come around the corner earlier here and shot Havoc in the back, then they'd probably win this because they have nobody to really gun him straight because they have two guys uh, on the plat. Clay probably shoots him in the back because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then it snaps over. So I, I don't think it's a terrible play from Clay. It's, it's just a mixy situation where it came down to a couple of insane timings. Yeah, because put, put it this way, if Clay doesn't make that play and he goes towards escalators, um, the, at that point, they're double, triple stacked on Hill, right? And they do have that one player street. However, that one player street isn't going to like completely make that entire roster turn. And if that guy didn't hit gold, he would have probably been playing for him and that would have been a 1v1. So it, it probably would have came down to that 1v1 um, if they had to, to get an opening to push. But... If, if they were just stacked onto the hill then and, and and Florida didn't push, they would have been screwed anyways. They wouldn't have had rotation of P2. So, like, they had to make a play, whether it was pushing through the hill and trying to out-flood them and out-trade them at disadvantageous positions or what he made, but mm -hmm. it was just unfortunate they countered it. And, and that's why you see the frustrations from decimating Clay. They were talking about it as well after the match, um, and I was talking a, a little bit to Clay outside. Um, I personally like the play Clay did, but it was unfortunate with the timing that they got with Havoc, right? That number five going around, Decimate Child. It, it was just a big clusterfuck, but I don't think Clay should be taking the route with an AR. Like, I, maybe Paco should have took the route. Yeah. Um, but I think regardless, like, I think the ideas were there. They just didn't execute them, right? They, they just didn't execute them correctly. But they end up losing a map, and then we go into a, to a game number five. And now I'm like, fuck, Maron. What and then the fuck's is, going on? This is on? the round. I think this is the round that, that wins the series right here. Uh, 
you bring JT on because he's got that prowess in S and D. He's obviously really good at respawn. Yeah. And he and he makes the play here, man, in a round where Neptune gets three kills. Decimate he, replies he back, it. and all the momentum after this is on New York side. Yeah, he flips. The he flips the momentum. I mean, one Neptune needed help on his map. Neptune was trying to do it all. He he was the only one positive. He had fucking oh, double good, digit bro. kills. I mean, he was doing everything. He was doing fucking everything. I saw him after a series. He looked upset. You know, I felt bad for the kid because he played his heart out. But Decimate, he completely flipped the fucking momentum, like Ben just said. He flipped the momentum. He was able to find a one v three clutch, and I, I honestly, I, I love the way he played it. He played it really good. I like the way he used his tag, so we're going to see it now. Florida, they decided to go for a B-Rush. You see New York, they got Florida pinned on that site, so they're trying to figure out the best way to collapse here. I think if I remember correctly, Clay, he makes a play here. He picks up a blood, but Neptune's able to find two. Again, Neptune, he slides on in. He finds a big two-piece, so good plays out of him. Actually gets a three. He guns Hydra here. Um, so now Decimate, he's left in a 1v3 situation. Florida had to get this bomb down. I personally don't think Florida played this well, though. Neptune shouldn't have went into Ticket Booth by himself. Uh, he should have just got the bomb down on the backside and just forced Decimate to push. Or yeah, just wait. Up. Or just wait, 100%. you know? Uh, but now Decimate, he's able to make it a 1v2, like, super quickly, right? Uh, Decimate, he makes a play towards middle. Again, Havoc, he plants where he could be seen from Decimate, who was just seen middle. I don't know if maybe he thought that he wrapped or something, but I don't know if that's the best time to get the bomb down. So he gets shot off the bomb, and that's a 1v1. Decimate has the high ground. He takes a ledge slide off the fucking top. Bada bing, bada boom. He clutches it up. The hype, the energy comes in from New York, and that's exactly what they needed. That's exactly what they needed, especially the only way after losing JT, the first round. The only way JT clutches that, because in a 1v3, if you they get the bomb down, especially down here, and you have a sub, you're probably losing it. The only way he clutches that is if he bum rushes the bomb site. And that's exactly what he did. He jumped in a ticket booth, went for the guy on the bomb, but he caught a free kill, an isolated kill, mind you, because no one can help you in ticket booth mm -hmm. on Caesar. And that's like the whole catalyst of it. And then obviously just more and more blunders happen. Yeah, just more and more blunders. And Ben, you can fast forward through the rest of this. You know, we got a lot of matches to talk about, so I want to get this shit on the move. But Decimate ends up going on a, on a little bit of a streak this map. He picks up some streaks. I mean, New York just do a good job con controlling everything. I mean, every every single round, they just seemed like they had map control. They seemed like they, their trades were on point. They were catching Florida off guard a little bit. Um, Florida started winning some matches, but you can see it on the scoreboard. Neptune's 10-5. and five. The rest of them are, are negative. You got Skies at 2-5. and five. You got fucking Awakening and, and Havoc negative as well. Um, you know, what are you going to do? You know, the kid played good. Uh, but good, uh, good play by New York to come out and win a series today. I think it was, uh, I think it was great for them to come out and, and win a series, even with a pickup, and you know, just so that they're still a top team, right? That they're still a good team. They're still here competing. The points are really important too for them to, to come out and win one series is super key. I think the main frustration from the New York camp right now is just the seed. You know, like you feel like you have a second seed going into champs, and you know, all this fucking fugues happens with the fucking visa. And all of a sudden, you know, we can't get our team here. It's just like, it's fucking nuts. I see a lot of people going crazy in the chat right now about Kevin Durant. Did he just do some yeah. some fucking nuts? He just, he just hit a game, he's game tired. There's one second oh, left in the game there, but go dude, ahead. Dude, fucking Kevin Durant, he's a fucking legend. In my opinion, the best player in the NBA right now, and it's not even close. Um, but yeah, we'll go back to the game. Uh, fucking New York were able to close out this series, and uh, kudos to them for, for taking a W today. Um, and I thought going into the Dallas series, they had a chance, but we'll talk about that later. But Ben, let's move on to the next one, unless you have any yeah. more final thoughts. No, I think I think that's it. Florida's got a lot to work on, and for New York, uh, couldn't couldn't go to this event and get double rounded. That would suck. They managed to grab one in the bounce and keep their hopes alive.
Mm -hmm. One thing I will say before we move on to this uh, next series, the one thing I've always liked about Florida is that loose play style translates into like all of them being active on the map. And like when you guys were talking about how like New York has times where like they rely so heavily on ASIM, I think that one thing that is good about Florida is that they all aren't scared to make plays and take routes and take initiative. I guess just take initiative, right? And I think that plays into their strengths. However, once again, they do need to be able to come together in those hectic scenarios and not just obviously all try to make plays and stuff like that. Yep, 100%. Good point, uh, Chris. Let's get a waggy in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Show him <laughs> some love. But then we go on to the next series, guys, and this is another banger. You got Seattle going up against Optic Chicago. You know that uh, Seattle, they came out on land and they looked like a, a way better team. They came out, they, they were 2-0 and on the weekend. They were going into this Optic series with some confidence, some momentum. Listen, I saw these guys in the venue, and their spirits were high. Those Their spirits are really high, and they were really excited for this match. And on the other side, you had Optic Chicago, which, in my opinion, have been struggling as of late. And the reason why, again, and it was the same thing with Dallas, that I have been so hard on these guys is because I think they're a really good team, and I think they have a lot of potential to be one of the best, if not the best. They just need to keep working on it and keep improving on a lot of their mistakes. Um, and I know Parasite had some choice words to say about them, too, and I think I think today... They had a different look to them. Uh, this series got what really close. Say? What did I say, Tom, yesterday? You what said you want to see Formal pick it up. Yeah, you wanna, yeah. You know, what happened? He look picked at him. it up. He picked it up and he went off. You, you know, you, and, and listen, you, you said that, and a lot of people were spamming laggies or, or saying stupid shit, but listen, it's true. You know, these, these are superstar players, and, you know, we say these certain things because we see a lot of potential in them. Uh, so I personally think that they still have more in the tank. I'm still mm -hmm. not very impressed yet. I want to see more from them just because, you know, I think these are teams they should be beating. Uh, and Ben, I think you would agree. Well, I agree with that take. Yep. Same. Mm -hmm. And somebody in the chat said, Zuma, you've never been hard on optic. I don't know what the hell, why people keep saying that. I'm again, guys, I'm not going to come out and just be a fucking asshole. But at the same time, like... I don't, I, I feel like for the most part, I try to be as realistic as possible. I mean, I say what, what I think is a problem with Optic all the time, you know? Like, I just say how it is. Um, so if you agree or disagree with my opinions, then what are you going to do? All right, go fuck yourself. Uh, ben, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll talk a couple times about Checkmate Hardpoint and Vetoes. I, I didn't mind this map got through from Seattle because last time they played Optic on it was very close and you could argue that Seattle should have won that map. Um, so I didn't mind it. And then on the, the flip side for, for Optic, I'm seeing a few people asking why like, APOC gets up in this series. It's because uh, uh, Optic's got that auto veto and hard point. So, uh, you know, that map's going to be dangled and Seattle's pretty good at it. And it is what it is. Both teams get their best hard point maps. Uh, and it ends up being a wash. Mm -hmm. My bad, guys. I'm back. Oh, you're good, Ace. What were you watching the, the basketball I had game? To see, I had to see Kevin Durant pull up greatness, yeah, bro. Yeah, I see a lot of people talking to. about sorry, it in the I'm chat. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. I mean, I want to watch it too. You know, a lot of people are going crazy right now. I mean, he's making history now. He, he's got the most points ever in a game seven in NBA history. I mean, he's gross. What are they going into overtime now? Yeah, yeah, yeah overtime. Did, did he also have like a historical stat line like in the last yeah, game? He did. I think? Yeah, he, he did. did. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Listen, man. Hey, keep me updated on this fucking shit. I always talk about this match. <laughs> okay. um, but listen, Optic, they came out to play in this first map. Uh, and I saw a big difference with them today. Uh, just the way they work off each other. Um, it looked like they had a more of a plan on the map. Um, it just looked like they had more priorities. It looked like they, they were this working on each other. I mean, you got to think, Tom, they're 10-1 yeah. and one in this map all yeah. year long. When will people learn to veto it? Uh, Seattle fucked up. They said, you know what? We're going to big dick them. Maybe Seattle thought that they were good at the map as well, but not good enough because Optic, they enough. came out. 
um, and they made it look easy. Uh, there wasn't much to talk about in terms of just optic, just staying ahead of rotations. They were winning a lot of fights. They were making a lot of individual plays, um, and that's something uh, you expect from the optic guys. But then we go into an S and D. Uh, it's an express S and D, and this one got a little bit mixy, Ben. Yeah, uh, Seattle came up just short at the end. Um, this actually is uh, Seattle's best S and D map, I think, right, Sim? Um, yeah, statistically, I think it is. Yeah, they've been pretty good this map, and uh, they kept it close. It was actually kind of a game of runs. Uh, Chicago kind of went up five two, and then Seattle sort of battled back to make it pretty close. Uh, in this round in particular, I think Sam went absolutely huge. Um, yeah, so kind of right here. Piece down low. I just think overall, my like my like takeaway uh, from the sort of watching Seattle play is I just beyond individual performances, sort of uh, you know stepping up, uh, especially from the ARs at this land. I just think their teamwork's also way better than it was in the previous iterations of this team, and that's what's making them more competitive. I think bringing on classic has helped sort of normalize the system that they have, uh, and it allows those ARs to really excel. Uh, and be able to roam and play their power positions. I still want to give a big shout out to Pierce because even on their old iterations of every team, Pierce has been their leader. Pierce is the one that groups up the team. Pierce is the one that's always making sure that things aren't open and stuff like that. And you hear it in every single while they're listening. So I just want to show some love to that guy because he's got a tough job yeah, and he's been doing a good job of it. He's a goat. A lot of people have, have came at Big P in the past, right, about his attitude or him just being a little bit too crazy or yelling and shit like that. But... Hey, one thing about Big P is he is a winner. He's won multiple times in COD. He's, you know, MVP. This guy knows how to knows how to play COD, and he's a very good player. He's been playing COD for a really long time, and he's been doing really, really well. So he's a good person to listen to if you're if you're alongside him on stage. Uh, but yeah, this one, Merc, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Asim. Go ahead. Uh, the one thing I was gonna say was Merck brought up a good point. Like even even with uh, Gunless's performances, like there's time and time in in the past like four or five years in COD where like you considered Big P as one of the best Call of Duties like like of all or in that turn moment. Like mm -hmm. you've seen it in IW, you've seen it in all these other games. Like Gunless like puts up crazy numbers when he's trying, especially uh, on land. So yep. yeah, he's a fucking animal. He's a fucking beast. Uh, listen, I don't know what Seattle could have done differently in this map, to be honest. Um, I think it was good that Optic went up 2-0, but it definitely got close. But I don't remember. Does this go to around 11? It doesn't, nah, right? It, they, it, it, it ends, ends here. right here, yeah. So Optic, they end up doing, going with a straight B hit. They, they, they just four rush the bomb. Listen, I feel like the, the plays that work the most in S&D are the ones where you just don't hesitate and just commit. Um, honestly, in every game mode, um, I, even with FaZe, right, when we were just watching that Moscow hardpoint when they didn't commit to that break, I was like, ah, oh, it's going to cost them, and, you know, yeah. it costed them. Um, so I think the main thing is just balls to the wall. If you're going to do something, do something. I like how Octane played for that first blood. I think he found himself a little bit of an off angle there. But then he chows. He just over chows, and then Envoy's able to get a trade, and listen, if Seattle gets that blood, I think, I think Sam just needs to do everything he can to stay down, and then his teammates need to come help him, and then just use your numbers to push out. Um, Nick tries to go a little bit rogue, but at this point, they just fall into the optic blender and formal. He picks up a big two-piece to bring these yeah. guys up 2-0. Um, and listen, they go up 2-0. Optic's hyped. Everything's all good. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Next thing you know, we're going game five. So Seattle, they end up bringing this one back. We go into a checkmate control. Um, and Optic, they were able to come out the first round and, and, and win an offense. No, they traded defenses, then Seattle wins the third-round offense, uh, Chicago wins the fourth-round offense, and then Seattle closes out on D. Uh, I was actually really surprised that Seattle won this map, to be honest. Um, Why? Uh, 
Well, especially after the momentum swung around four, because uh, Seattle got absolutely mollywopped at the end of that. I felt like Optic was going to have all the momentum. And then Seattle just stayed composed on defense. Uh, they did a really good job of holding the spawn trap. Overall, again, just really good cohesive teamwork from Seattle. Tom, do you know that Seattle's won uh, with this win? They had won five controls in a row. Well, wow. that's good. For, I mean, for I'm a team a... that we were roasting about the control play earlier this year. Well, yeah. listen, I'm happy that they won this control because they had fucking 25,000 streaks. Um, and I remember <laughs> watching this in a fucking pro lounge with the face guys, and everybody was like, oh my god, here comes another one. Here comes another streak. And they just kept dropping the fucking streaks like flies. I think it was Maven who said in the middle of the map, he's like, just bomb the whole fucking map. Just bomb the whole map. <laughs> And I was like, dude, like, I just don't understand how they haven't closed this one out. But they end up getting it done. Um, you know, they go on some streaks. You know, I think Pristini had a, had a good job, did a good job just getting in the base, getting Mixy, um, just being a nuisance on the map. Uh, they do a good, Seattle does a good job just getting on those points, for, forcing Optic to make plays. And, and that's what you have to do when you're on offense. You need to get, you need to get Optic out of their comfort zone. You got to force them to make plays. Get him out of those spots and try and pick up kills where you could stack points and you know get that that uh that point taken. You know what I'm saying, Ben? 100. Yeah, I'm sure Ace can speak to it too. But I know that uh, one of one of the issues for Seattle earlier this year was comms, and I think Ace you've talked a lot on this show about how checkmate hardpoint and checkmate control come down to a lot of communication, especially under plane. So I wonder again that Nick move has really sort of helped uh, bring another voice into their comms uh, to sort of help with some of the mixy situations that may happen on this map. No, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think um, what what teams struggle with, especially on uh, checkmate control, is they don't know when to stack. Like I think you've seen it with Optic too, where they get a wave of kills and instead of stacking, they try to go for the spawn trap. And I mean, we we struggle with it too. Uh, it, it's just really hard in the heat of the moment to recognize when you're supposed to stack and when you're not. And I think a lot of teams are getting a little bit better at it, but it's been a it's been a couple months where it, it took a lot of uh, time for people to learn. Yeah, yeah, on top of that, on checkmate control in general, like I think the thing that t uh, teams struggle with the most is just understanding um, how to like fill lanes on that map. Because a lot of the time, there's just there's just moments in the game where you can't get top plane, you can't get bottom plane, yeah. you can't get yeah, all yeah. these things. So like players on some some of these points need to be able to to like almost like line of sight some of the some of the like top or bottom adapt. planes mid and adapt their setups on on points and stuff like that and almost like just take what they give you don't try to force stuff make them come out onto points and stuff like that rather than let's just headbutt plane headbutt plane headbutt plane headbutt plane and when mm -hmm. you're on the offense that's when you're going to have the most success is when you get these these uh, makeshift setups on some of these points right and make the players in plane make the players in the bottom plane make the moves on you rather than you consistently trying to to push and push and push. Yep. Uh, I think this round, when we went into an overtime here, I think Classic yeah. played this round phenomenal. This guy pushed up this A street. He was dipping and weaving. He was constantly changing his corners, constantly changing his position. And he was picking up kills after kill after kill. He ended up picking up streaks at the end of the game. He picked up streaks. He was They couldn't kill him, and they couldn't find an answer. And all the time he was, he was doing staying alive, was just time being wasted and he just drained the lives he drained the time and and he won the round for seattle i think he had some help from the plane and some people were looking over him but he was popping so many pieces and just being such a nuisance that he, he pretty much just closed out this game by himself so a big shout out to nikki d aka nicola aka classic <laughs> this fucking guy turned the fuck that up was, that, was, that was actually perfect right there I yeah, it was a great entire place. segment yeah it was a great plays out of him and he got really hyped after the fact and then you know, I was very intrigued to, to see that we were going into an apocalypse hardpoint for uh, map number four, Ben. 
Yeah, and this is a, another game of runs. Uh, it was pretty even after the first rotation. I'm going to actually skip ahead, guys, to the second rotation because this is where, again, we talked about earlier in this map, uh, sorry, earlier in this show, that, that uh, Seattle is very good at APOC and it's sort of a wash uh, in the hard points. Just from here, the way Seattle does a really good job at the end of this P1 in the P2, P3, P4, they basically go on a run here. Optic does, Optic basically. Um, they only get another like Seattle breaks 50 or 60 points and Seattle basically gets most of the time in the next couple of hills. Really good streak usage here from Gunless. Yeah, but they let it go right here. Optic needs to hold this even with the streaks coming in. You know, yeah. Big P, he's able to find one with the streak. He wins a big he wins a big two piece in the front. He comes in, it allows his teammates to come like Optic just can't die there. I know the streaks come in. But they can't challenge Big P. They gotta let Big P challenge them. You know, like they're 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 challenging him and they're dying. But all they need to do is just play tight and hold some crossfires. And next thing you know, Seattle's breaking on in, and and they're getting the rest of this thirty, and and yeah. they end up taking the lead. This, this could have been a this could have been a scenario where Optic pushes pushes away from the point and lets Seattle take control front and fights them and keeps the point neutral. But they tried way too hard to maintain control when the streak was coming in, which just made them basically get flipped. And just, uh, Seattle came back and tied it. I just feel like Optic it. couldn't hold. I just felt like there was a few hills on this map where Optic was struggling to hold their setups. Um, and that's where you got to give credit, I guess, to, to Seattle, right? Because they, they found out how to break down their setup. I think Optic will go back and, and definitely learn a lot from this map. I'm sure they'll go back and, and review some of the mistakes they were doing in their setups. And I just think it's a lot of overchows sometimes. I think sometimes they overcomplicate uh, things for themselves. Like if they could just focus on playing their crossfires and playing their corners and just trying to make the game come to them, I think uh, it'll help them a lot, especially on Apocalypse, because there's only so much you can do when you're flooding through the front of some of these hills. I mean, there's, they're really hard to break. Like, some of these hills are money hills, um, and it shouldn't be broken as easily as uh, as we're seeing here in, in this map. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. If... I mean, I skipped the first rotation, Tom, but the same situation happened on both P4s. Seattle parlays a P3 and a P4. They flip Optic, mm -hmm. and Optic never really get in a comfortable position to really contest the P4s. Uh, it ended up being a 64-point advantage uh, for Seattle, I got 76 to 12 on the Chicago side across both those P4s. Um, mm. We've talked a lot about how that P3, P4, P5 swing could really dictate the map. And people kind of overplay the P2 stuff a little bit. Yeah, but then right here, it's not even about Optic losing rotation. That's all Seattle right there. I think yeah. Seattle does a great job using their streaks. They don't just blindly use the streaks. They have people take routes. They block all the spawns. And then they use the streaks. So that way, when they get the kills, Optic spawns all the way out. So they do a good job. It's number six, Prasini, who takes a long route. He pinches on in. Pierce, he uses the streaks. He forces everybody inside. He holds his L trigger, picks up some kills. Bada bing, bada boom. They get into this hill. They break it. And it's a perfect use of streaks. And I think it's really important that some of these teams are are witnessing what Gunless was doing with his streaks because I see some pro players or some teams just completely wasting streaks. Like, they're, get, they're getting yep. nothing out of it. They're getting nothing out of it. And it's like, what the what's the point? Like, what's the point of playing your life and getting streaks and, and going that hard to pick those up? Where, listen, if you're playing for streaks, sometimes it might hinder the team if you're playing your life and you're not going in for trades and stuff. Sometimes it's situational. But if you play for streaks and you get your streaks, you got to realize how to use them. You got to know how to use them. And I think Seattle used them very, very good. Um, and I know that was probably off the call of Big P. Well, I want to also talk about another play that I actually didn't even catch the first time I watched this. Uh, Seattle almost get a little bit comeback on here, but watch what happens in the back. Uh, formal, I think they lose track of uh, three people pinching on the back. 
Uh, and Classic ends up getting a big kill in the back of the guy crossing spawn formal. And then this whole team spawns in the back here. And they have one also pushing out front. It was a big kill. It was a big yeah. kill because they wouldn't have spawned there. Uh, they were able to pick up a little bit of this scrap Whoa. time. But even right here, I think Optic, you know, they should hold Wait, how, here. Where, how did number three, where did number three go? Look at, well, before all that happened, I want to see what number three was doing. Because I see them back maps when the entire team ran forward. Can we go back? <laughs> what the fuck? Where? Like, you don't see number three? Okay, you'll see it in a second. Wait. Oh, no. He spa so he spawned out. He spawned, he spawned out. out. Yeah, he spawned out. Okay. Wait, but this should be a red flag like to for formal. He should have just like not done anything seeing yeah, yeah. Dashy spawn out for that part. Once he spawns out, I mean, I don't know what the comms are like, but, but Dashy's got to scream that somebody's back there. Um, yeah. Or, or somebody's <laughs> trying to make a play through the back because if formal just plays his life and plays a corner, um, it probably won't get this mixy. But listen, Seattle, they end up getting the, getting the time and it's not over yet. Optic, they have rotation to next. They're holding spawns and they let it go again. And I think it was Seattle. They end up, uh, they push through low. Um, Scump's able to find one. They end up playing their lives. And I think Seattle just, Octane's able to find a pick. It's a lot of solo chows again. You know, like Dashy goes down. Scump goes down. They're not working with each other. They're not in setups where, like, they're holding crossfires. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm not trying to be nitpicky. I'm not trying to be nitpicky. But I think this is, like, the little things. Like, I think these are little tiny things that, like, if Optic's able to micromanage these little setups and these little mistakes, like, they could be a really top team. Right. Agreed, Tom. And since you want an update, by the way, crazy last minute of the overtime. Walkie goes up. KD with a chance at 11 seconds left. He airballs a three. It looks like the game's over now. KD airballed? Yeah. Uh... There, there was a mixy overtime. Everybody looked dead. They were all walking across the court. There were no buckets being made in the overtime. Wow. They all put it in in the 48, and then everybody had no energy. Got to feel for KD. Got to feel yeah. for him. I mean, a lot of, me. uh, listen, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of people don't like KD because they think, you know, he took the easy way out. But I think any competitor would, go, would find a team that would help them win a championship. I think that's the goal for a lot of these players in the league, and they want to win championships. And, you know, I respect KD. I respect KD for everything he, he's done. And I, I, I saw people spamming Luma in the chat when I was saying I, I like KD. But what are you going to do? I do. So, you know, again, that's my opinion. So if you don't like it, what are you going to do? Uh, but, yeah, I think we should go back into the map. I think if Octa can, can fix these little these little tiny things, I think they'll be a way better team. And I'm surprised. Like, they got to be picking up on this shit. They have to be, right? Like, there's no way. They yeah. try to do too much sometimes, I feel like, Tom. Like they don't like like you said, you know, they don't they have a weird tendency of not letting the game they come make, to that. Yeah, at they times. make the game harder for themselves and it's like clear as day. Like it happens it happens so much where they're just yeah. like over challenged or they're trying to big dick people and it's it like, almost feels like they're trying to get into like ideal setups and ideal situations every time when they don't have the gaps to do so and that's causing players to get picked apart to be honest, and that's what gets their setups broken because people are trying to rush over and get in these perfect ideal scenarios when yeah. they got to learn to play tight around the objective and just let the game come to them and hope for the best because sometimes that's what you need to do. They need to get in setups where they can all help each other at all times. Like, sometimes they just seem like they get into set. And listen, it's a lot easier said than done. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm sure Optic could be listening and be like, oh, you know, these guys don't know what they're talking about or this and that, or they might be agreeing, I don't know. 
But yeah. it is a lot harder to send than done. Like, it's not as easy to set up some of this <laughs> shit as we're saying, yeah. but it's definitely an issue, and that's the difference between the super top if, teams. If you, if, you really, if you really just want to go back to that map, that P1, you can actually get into setups where, like, two or three of you guys are actually on the point mm -hmm. and playing these weird rat off angles because at the end of the day, they have, they have to literally sprint up either the mid alley with no cover where the guy half wall can see him, or even if they flood barrels, if you don't give them any kills on, like, the actual P3 or bottom of the helipad, like or the the heli like uh, dirt path or whatever. Yeah. When they come down into those into the barrels area, when they go to that line of sight on the hill, they're like in the open down mm -hmm. there. So like you can just force them into those lines of sights and crossfire them with your guy half wall with maybe a guy or two on the hill, right? Have maybe a guy late peaking maps after the action starts going down. The mm -hmm. problem is they're just not picking up on that and they're trying to get ideal scenarios where they're pushed up barrels and everything's being watched and it's just you can't do that all the time no you can't you gotta you gotta play together and and listen sometimes it's gonna work because they're talented and they can just gun their way out of situations like that but in order to stay consistent and to consistently win games especially when you're gonna play some top teams you gotta clean it up you gotta clean it up and you gotta make sure you're working those crossfires but ben i noticed you paused it here we go yep. into a game number five, a map number five, Seattle. They're trying to pull the reverse sweep, and we're currently tied up at three, Ben, where you paused. Yeah, it. this is this is a swing round. It comes down to a 1v1. Optic's going to go ahead and win this round, and they're not going to lose a round for the rest of the map. Um, so we'll let it play out, and then I'll get you guys' thoughts on uh Yeah, we'll let it play round. out. I do want to give some some props to Envoy. I think Envoy played great in the s and I think, I think Formal, Scump, and Dashi's always doing his thing. I feel like that guy's just a walking fucking fucking killing beast that guy's just a fucking animal and then i think formal and skump really stepped up in a respawns and i think envoy really stepped up for these guys in S D. um and it's just the playmaking ability that he has he's able to find gaps he's able to be annoying and, and just do do unpredictable shit um and he goes absolutely massive in this round i think it was classic who initially made the play and then he went a little bit rogue classic finds himself pushed up into a corner here He's able to pick up a couple kills onto the bomb, and I thought it was a great play. He picks up a kill, waits for his team, he slides on in, boom. But then Envoy picks up two because Classic goes a little rogue. I would have liked to see Classic just kind of stay down there. He's by himself, but Envoy, he ends up going he's huge. Feeling he's feeling himself because he got two, and he wanted to get the fucking three. And I know he's a, he's, he's a fucking crazy man. <laughs> the goal is don't fuck around, you know? So he wanted to get the three-piece. Uh, but he gets he he jumps at him like a fucking animal, and Envoy is able to take him down, make it a one v one situation. Then I love the play from Envoy. He grabs the bomb and he switches lanes. He breaks some ankles. He goes right to the B bomb site and he times it perfectly. He gets that bomb down. It's five seconds to plant. He starts that thing at six seconds. Um, so just a good heads up play out of him, and then he just plays his corners. He probably bumps his headset, tries to play his corners, try and just figure out where Gunless is at. Um, and he ends up doing a good job and ends up uh, winning the fight, checking it, uh, checking the bomb, and, and getting Gunless out of there. And uh, it was a big swing ground. Because uh, to go up 4-3 instead of 3-4 is, uh, is definitely a big one, Ben. Yeah, and obviously I think Seattle probably lost a little bit of composure after the 1v3. They weren't able to really recover. And it's it's tough for the Seattle boys. I thought they put up a good fight in the series. Uh, and ultimately, for OpTic, the, the skills show and shine through. They've been the better team consistently throughout this year, and they were able to stay alive and really grind this one out. And I, I think that's a massive – it's less about OpTic and, and how they played in this series and more respect to Seattle for showing up and really giving OpTic a great fight today. Yeah, I mean, it was a great series regardless. It was a really good series. And, um, you know, I think I think everybody was at the edge of their seat today. All fucking day we had crazy matches. I mean, this wasn't the only one. 
Um, but then Optic, they're able to bounce back um, after they win an offense. They win a defense, and they go Gunless up almost three. almost amazing timing here, too, which is kind of unfortunate. Almost, uh, but he ends yeah. up falling. Optic do a good job, and then, you know, 2v1 situation, Dashy pitches up, picks up the pinch, and look at the hype. Look at the energy coming from these Optic guys. This is why I miss the atmosphere of the big stage, and it's nice to see these guys. I was actually there when this happened, and, you know, I was backstage with Hector, and I was like, you guys needed that one. That was a big fucking win for you guys, um, and he agreed. You know, Hector, he said, yeah, I know. You know, I, I know. It was a big win. <laughs> So it was, you know, it was a good one, Asim. You know what I'm saying? It was a good <laughs> yeah, match. Gotta love that. Yeah, so it was it was cool to see the guys win. I felt bad for Seattle, man. Um, Pristini, man. Preston's very hard on himself. I was talking to him in the player lounge, and he's like, oh, I should have done this, and I should have done that. And I said, Preston, look, you played good, man. You know, you played good. You guys played your heart out, and you, you looked a lot better this weekend. And obviously, I know these guys have had a rough year. But at least they're they're making games competitive and they're putting on a fucking show for us. And uh, and that's all we can ask for, right? These guys have been working hard and they come up on a big stage and they've been super entertaining. So I just want to thank the Seattle guys and the Optic guys for a great match. But then we're going to the next one. We got the New York Subliners going up against Dallas Empire. Obviously, Clay was released from Dallas when it went from 5v5 to 4v4. So maybe a little bit of a grudge match. We're back on a big stage. Um, unfortunately, Asim wasn't there to play against these guys. Uh, you know, I thought this would have been a great series if it was, you know, New York had well, their normal I, team. I have some thoughts on this veto, Tom. I, I don't really... I think New York's been pretty good about their vetoes all year, but I didn't agree with their strategy here. Uh, on scoring up on Garrison twice against the Dallas team that's very good in the map. Probably would have liked to have seen New York play uh, Dallas on a raid. It's not like uh, New York was going to be the super favorite team going this series, but I don't think they made it any easier with their approach here and how they ended up getting to this map set. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, well, I they need to stop playing Dallas on Garrison. They need to stop playing Dallas. People need to stop playing Dallas on Garrison HP. There are a couple of teams that will do it. There are a couple of teams that will do it. Like, like I'm sure Toronto, FaZe, Minnesota are like three teams that won't care. But uh, I guess, especially Optic, I'm oh, sorry, uh, New York, we would like to have seen them kind of mix it up a little bit against uh, Dallas. Instead, they sort of gave Dallas sort of their better maps of the overall poll. Mm-hmm. But let's get the show in a fucking roll. Let's let's get it fucking going. Um, I think New York threw this first map a little bit. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, you think wait, I'm speaking out of my ass here or what? I mean, I think it was... They had a really good chance to close this out on that last rotation. I'm going to go back a little bit, um, sort of where I thought it kind of started. It was sort of at the end of this P4. They were set up great. They they got all this P4 time. They had Dallas in the spawn trap. And I just felt like maybe it's just communication errors or what have you, but they just never were able to really get the P5 going. Mm -hmm. And it's got kind of mixy from there. How did they flip out? Because you kind of skipped it. I want to see how Dallas ended up getting reversing the spawns. Yeah, this could be telling. Because Clay makes this play, and they have seven hard blocking because he's making this play. And he's just trying to be one and done there. I want to see how they actually flip the spawn out. Shotzi mm, ends up getting a kill mid-map. They start working some kills. Um, they pop, do they just get the kills and push through? How does this no, work? No, this number is eight. Five. No, oh, weird some, weird, some, weird, some weird spawns why coming in. Wait, hold on. Why did he spawn garage? I gotta watch this. Yo, why the what? fuck did he spawn there? What the fuck? Why the fuck did he spawn garage? Hey, yo. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, number that five just. Does not I mean, number any... number five just spawned. So number up. two, number two should be making them spawn brick. I think it. it wait, watch Ender screen closely. Just keep watching. Play or wait. Did did Ender jump and block the spawn by looking no, through the green no door? Way. There's no, no shot, right? No, no, no. No shot. 
or nah, 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 nah. I don't think that's what it was. I don't think that's Holy what it was. Holy shit! You know, the only thing that I can tell you is it might have been because Dallas had hill control and they had a guy pushed up P1. But even uh -huh. then, I just don't see it's a world where that's supposed New to happen. York, New York already has a guy on that back green spawn, you know. So I just I wouldn't see why it would flip like that. Yeah, that was actually weird. Well, they just I mean. We might not know all the intricacies of the game, but I do like to think I have a pretty good idea of it. And it's a point it looks read. like they got they got kind of blessed. Listen, man, it's, it's hard to read it, even looking at it in Codcaster. So you can only yeah. imagine when you're in the middle of a match. I mean, they're not reading that. How the That's, fuck do you read that they got, fucking they, thing? It's safe to say they got blessed. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty um, blessed spawn. But, you know, Dallas end up flipping out. It probably catches New York off guard a little bit. They're able to get onto this hill. Um, and and uh, they're pretty much able to close it out with with this time. I mean, it's New York is is being put in a blender here. They gotta make moves to the point. Does this go to another P one? I don't fucking remember. Too many series today. My brain is in shambles. I think it does go to P one because New York gets a New York gets a trap going here. Yeah, and I thought New York was gonna bring this back. Uh, this oh yeah, this is when I thought New York was gonna bring it fucking back. Um, it got really 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 yeah, messy here. I think Hydra starts to make some plays right when on his next life. Um, I yeah, I just making plays. I think this does this go to another P2? There was just a lot of split spawns coming in, so I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but number six was uh pushed up in L, which caused number one to spawn uh back like a uh, factory, is what I like to call it. You'll see right there, you see that spawn? Yeah, yeah. he spawned there literally because he was pushing through L. Um, and they have a guy green, so the guy green is basically influencing like the brick side spawn. And basically, that spawn just ended up getting a guy behind them. Well, they end up taking care of them, but they that nullified a lot of their time. This was huge right here. This this gunfight with Illy and Paco. I think if it, if if Paco was able to win that right there, over by that green side, it would have been huge. Yeah. Just staying alive over by green, and uh, I don't know if Hydra just didn't think he was gonna be there because he was called YYing, just sprinting in the open. I, yeah, I he think, did get caught YYing. I there. think Hydra thought there was maybe a gap because even if Hydra just stays alive, he has teammates coming off spawn that possibly can help him. But I remember this now. Illy pops a three piece right here, if I remember correctly. Well, yeah, it's because yeah. Because New York, they're forced to push right yeah, to the just front. Forced to you know, they, they don't want to go around. They push to the front, and, and Nilly's able to pick up a three-piece. So they, they had time to go around the back, but they just gambled that New yeah. York or Dallas would be stacking it and just hope to God that they just put everything into hitting front. Yeah, it wasn't a bad play call. I honestly <laughs> didn't mind it, but it, yeah. uh, it didn't work out. It didn't work out for them. They end up going down three-piece coming out of Illy. And, and listen, a lot of people have a lot of fight to say about Illy, but I think he's been picking up the pace a little bit too. I think Illy's been been showing out a little bit uh, this event yeah. on the on the on the big stage. He's been doing his fucking thing. Um, but then we go into an S and D, uh, and again it's the fucking decimate show. I mean this kid was doing his fucking thing. He comes in to fill in for the squad, and uh, he really showed out in, in S and D, Ben. Yeah, I mean New York gets all five straight, uh, and they they drop a few rounds, but they close it out. Yeah, and JT I goes Dallas, ten two. I saw a few people from Dallas tweet after that they they felt like they got hard counter on this map. It was a big rebound for, for New York. Just can't lose this S and D and just feel like you're you're fighting for your lives. They were able to extend this series. Uh, overall, uh, uh, good showing from New York on this map. Yeah, good showing out of New York. Um, Asim, what, what what was your thought process just watching you know your team compete and uh, you know what was it like watching these guys? Um, I, I, especially for this map too. Like, I know Destiny told us that he's he hasn't really played Miami all year long because it's been their autovirus. So I was really surprised to see, um, how good he fit in my role, especially in SMD. Because like, I don't know if you guys have seen, but like, in terms of uh, like stats, I think this year, like 
I've been like the main the main guy, like especially in S and D, and to see JT come in with like not him not being familiar with the bomb and him not being familiar with calling shots on a brand new team, uh-huh. seeing him go like ten and two on Miami with a map that he's never played was really impressive. So shout out to him, especially in S and D. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And Perse, didn't you have a lot of good words to say about this? Me or was that, am I thinking of somebody completely different? Uh, I mean, I I do I do have a lot of good words to say about JT, but I don't know if I've actually said any of them. But uh. JT's disgusting at search period and in respawn a lot of people used to think that he was kind of like a super slow sub right like a baity sub and i think in this game he's completely changed that perspective of a lot of people's including myself mm-hmm. um he's been he's a very aggressive player very good player very talented it just sucks that uh both times we've gone to see him he's been on uh basically pickup teams essentially you know the yeah, whole seattle I mean, situation clay and had then, a lot uh, of good things to say about him clay, yeah he's a beast man yeah i was he's talking to clay clay drove me home today from the venue and you know he, he said listen doesn't mean to good player man like he's he's definitely you know showed out and uh and showed why he should be on the big stage i think for decimate it was just a little bit unfortunate that he was filling in for asum and uh, decimate even said it himself in the in the warm-up stations he was just like you know asum you know i don't really fit asum's play style like i don't really fit his role yeah we might run the same gun but you know it's two different play styles two different it's two play different styles, roles um, JT so... might not be like JT might not be like Hydra, right? Like where how Hydra was playing in, in the stage, but like he fits that role more than he does like Asims. Like he just kind of like squares up with people, is really aggressive, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So having two of those on one team and respawns is it's gonna make things a lot more difficult uh, yeah. for you. And then we, we you know we go into a garrison control and and Vivid was making plays through bricks a lot. I think Dallas they were able to pick up two offensive rounds on Gary and uh, you know they were doing their thing. That map blew by quick. They won 3-0. They were able to just get kills and, and force those those B stacks. Um, and unfortunately, New York, you know, their controls hasn't been looking good at all. Even Asim, even with you on the team. I mean, you guys really need to work on that game mode because it is a swing mode. Um, and yes. I think if you mm-hmm. guys can can get your control in order, um, I think for the most part, you guys just do a lot of dumb shit. Um, you guys don't work together at all in that game mode. And I don't know what it is, um, but you guys need to make sure you get that shit down because that's a swing yeah. mode. And uh, I think it's very important. That you guys get good at that because i think you guys have a good hard point um i think you guys can win s and d's obviously hard point wasn't looking too good today but you know i think with you on the team i, I think you guys are good at those game modes i think you just got to focus on that i don't know if you agree no i completely agree i think our heart to our hard point and our s and d is is the championship caliber i think you've seen like in the stats like especially in game five we're like we're like eight and two in game five like we we know how to win our s and d's and we know how to win our hard points especially since like we went on that crazy 15 win streak on hard point like uh-huh. those two game wars i think we've definitely done a really good job of like playing together but we still haven't locked it in with uh with control yeah um early on this year i think diamond con was our hard carry and control especially mm-hmm. so so losing him and bringing on Hydra, like we need to learn to adapt and try to. We it's still it, we, it's still a struggle. Like I know we've had Hydra for like three four months, but we still haven't fully locked down that game mode, and we're we're actively trying. Yep. Uh, <sighs> then we then we go into a you know a checkmate hard point, and listen, it was a very close game. It was going very back and forth up yeah, until the second rotation. Away. They pulled what. No, you're, you're, good. you're good, Ben. You're good. You're good. Fucking, I'll let you continue with Ben, but you know, I was going to say yeah. it's very back and forth, and then going into these P3, P4, Dallas really pulled away. I mean, they do a good job yeah. blocking spawns and just pinning New York. Those P2 spawns are brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, especially on, this map. On, on P4, man. And, and it's tough. I mean, uh, the ARs on Dallas played really good in this series. 
You had Reese Vivid doing his thing and playing. It was just really tough for New York on these next couple of hills to really get any kind of pressure to the 50-yard line on the map. Uh, and I don't think New York ended up getting their point after this. No, nope, they, they, they couldn't. Up on, yeah, they couldn't get anything they going. They so. Dallas did such a great job chaining these P3, P4 hills where New York just couldn't get anything going. And and, and yeah. you just see New York panic. They're panicking. They're one v. They're pushing one by one. There's no teamwork. There's no chows. It almost looks like it's chalked up. It almost looks like they're chalked. They're getting spawned in the back. They're giving Dallas streaks. I mean, at this point, it's over. It's over. And, uh, you know, the frustrations came in from New York after the series. Um, they were obviously upset, but, you know, it's shitty circumstances. And I think they tried to make the most out of a shitty situation. Um, so in the, at the end of the day, you know, what are you going to do? You know, so shout out to Dallas. I do want to give credit to Vivid. Um, I think Vivid's been playing phenomenal for these guys, especially once we got to land. I mean, this guy's been, he's been calm, cool, collected, composed. He's been making great yeah, plays around him, the map. Uh, listen, I'm a big fan of Vivid. Um, and I was going to slap up Rambo and Ping Pong, but then I realized it's Rambo. And he's probably disgusting at Ping Pong because he's good at all that shit. <laughs> Bowling, Ping Pong, golf, you fucking name it. This guy's a fucking legend in everything. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to embarrass myself today. But Rambo Ray, if you're listening, you know, maybe maybe we'll catch you uh, another time and we could play some he, ping pong. He's a bowling champ. He's a golf champ. He's a ping pong I'll tell champ. You what, though, like, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. There was a foosball table in there and nobody oh. wanted nobody wanted to play me Nobody wanted foosball. to smoke? Nobody, nobody wanted to smoke? They were all oh, scared. Shit. They were shitting themselves. They were shitting their pants. Hmm. But let's get into the next series. Uh, yeah, this one, this, this is another veto. That I had some questions about. We'll I let him saw, know, Ben. We're going I up. Saw, it's Optic Chicago going up yeah. against Minnesota Rocker. Go ahead, Ben. I saw, I saw Merck tweets about it, too. Kind of after we're taking notes. Uh, you know, again, with the checkmate hard point here, I know that uh, Minnesota probably doesn't feel super comfortable on Moscow hard point. But again, like, I just feel like you just take Optic's best map out of the pool and just get your chances on Moscow. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought the egregious one was the, was, uh, the checkmate, though. Um, I would have liked to have seen uh, Minnesota play them on a raid. I feel like the checkmate control, especially a map that they hadn't played like essentially all season, was a risky pick on their part, especially in a, in, in a major. Maybe they thought that was to try and like kind of throw Optic off. It didn't really end up working out, uh, and Optic kind of swung the momentum after that game three. Yeah, yeah, the momentum was definitely swung. Um, but if you run it, the checkmate hard point again, Optic, they take care of business once again. Mm -hmm. I mean, what? Are the, listen. Every time they play this fucking map, everybody says this is like Optic's map. Why do people keep playing them on it? it so, my bad. I just got back because yeah. I used a bathroom. But Hello, um, I looked at the vetoes, and I was I was kind of just wondering, have we seen Rocker play Apocalypse, or do they play much of it? Because I feel like that's a map they should add into their map pool. Like, you have you have Preston on your team who can run that third sub. Like, we obviously have seen Preston with the sub, and, and Standy's really aggressive and stuff like that, and it kind of would fit their play style and their, their team, no? I feel like that they should be adding that into they're, their map They're 2-2 two two on Apocalypse. I don't mind, like, I'll be honest, I don't mind the Garrison. They, they clearly didn't pick this map, yeah. but I don't mind the Garrison Horror playing pick map 4 because uh, Minnesota's looked really good with this team and has beaten a lot of decent teams to gotcha. get teams on that map. But I agree with you, it's like, uh, extending their map pool is going to be a priority for Minnesota kind of after this major. Uh, would love to see them play more Apocalypse. I'm just curious uh, from their POV, and I'll, I'll maybe I'll reach out and try and find out uh, what the Moscow Hardpoint band was about from their side. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to give a shout out to Formal because this guy was on a different fucking planet today. Yeah. Um, he really struggled yesterday, and today he was a different beast. And, you know, Formal, he stepped up. He stepped up and he said, you know what? It's fucking game time. Well, you know, I'm going to kick up today. 
And we're gonna push it to a champ Sunday. Get out the way. It's time to get paid. I'm just fucking around. You know, bars and shit. Fuck it. Formal goes off. Scump. Uh, he went off as well, Ben. I think Formal and Scump, ton of pound. They really showed out today in the response. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, especially we've seen a lot of ARs frying uh, at this event. To see today big games, not just only out of Formal, but from Dashy today, uh, as well as contributions from the sub players. Optics looking pretty good going into Sunday, and we'll get to it at the end of the show, but I'm excited to see them uh, run up against Dallas uh, to kick things off tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. I think uh, the Optic Chicago Dallas rivalry is always yeah. a good one, right? I mean, you got beef. You got a turtle beef for Formal and Crib Six. You know, so these guys are going to be going hard, but Minnesota, they're able to bounce back and win an SD, Ben. Yeah, I think uh, Minnesota's on a little bit of a winning streak on this map. The only team that seems to have their number right now on this is FaZe, and even then Minnesota beat them the last time they played this map. Uh, I just think it comes down to really, really good plays on the map uh, from their anchor players, which tend to be Preston and Major Maniac. They do a really good job playing patient, being that safety valve, and they give a lot of space for Sandy to operate in this map. This man was doing work on this map. Mm -hmm. uh, as well as Dylan making some clutch plays as well. Overall, a well-played S&D by Minnesota against an Optic team that's turned S&D around has been pretty good and pretty solid in this game mode all year. Yeah, I, uh, think, outside uh, stage one. I think Stanley's another rookie that we got to give some credit to because this is another guy who, you know, he's coming on the yeah. big stage and, you know, he's making a name for himself. And it's good to see these young guys come and play with some confidence, you know, and, and not shy away from the big stage. It's, uh, it's inspiring, right, for a lot of people who are watching yeah. back at home that want to, you know, one day maybe get on stage and you know play against the best of the world you know it's it's cool to see this guy come out and, and do this type of shit on land um because i know a lot of people were, were curious about how he was gonna do i see somebody in the chat said that optic had eight first bloods today Correct. in this map they which eight is, first bloods which is fucking nuts what the fuck happened uh just a lot of this is the map where late where game situationals they were just blowing mm -hmm. um i'm gonna skip to round five because um, I think that's a, a good microcosm of kind of how this map played out. Let this me see if I can the, find the, it. This was the series where Clay was driving me home. And, you know, he was, you know, we were talking about the New York series. And he was yapping away, you know. So I fucking, you know, I'm, I'm watching some of these plays for the first time myself. So, you know, I'm kind of curious to know what happened. I just know that Minnesota was able to bounce back because I was keeping an eye on the score. Um, but it seemed like it was a very close game from what I'm watching right now. Uh, it ended up going around 10. It was a little back and forth, but um just again like i think optic probably could have capitalized some of these first bloods but i also think there was a lot of really good plays for minnesota um especially their work mid-map and back laundry i felt like they did a good job of just trying to quickly equalize that 4v3 or just do a really good job taking two quick kills uh overall for minnesota i think they were pretty good grasp out of analyst map maybe yeah uh, they could have felt like another world they, they could have won this but Ultimate individual play for Minnesota shine through. A fun tip, by the way, um, as you guys noticed, Standy went to plant that bomb and he hugs the wall. You can actually always be seen from basketball if you're stretching the bomb there. There's actually a better angle that I'm mind blown more people don't use, but if you plant on the right corner, yeah. the opposite side of it, you can't be seen from money, you can't be seen from L, and you can't be seen from basketball. So I have no idea why people even ever plant in that spot if they don't have basketball pushed out because you're just asking to get picked if a guy comes around that corner mm -hmm. we've seen it we've seen a couple of pro teams do that i'm surprised uh to your point that they don't do it more yeah, there's a better angle i mean like you you're hidden from everything so there's no point in not planning there anyways damn hey listen this guy dashy got a fucking snappy on him 
This guy's got and a fucking... One of the best shots in Kobe. Yeah, there dude, too. this guy's got a fucking snappy on him. This guy's fucking... But Priesta oh, is... Hey, it looked oh. like he had him for a second, but Priesta, he ices up when he's in the bedroom. That sounded a little weird. Because yesterday he clutched a fucking 1v2 or 1v3 there, did he not? Yeah, he had that finesse with uh, Krim, right? Yeah, that was a little sus. That was definitely a little sus, but what are you going to do, guys? You know, I, I was just calling it how I see it. You know, he clutched a 1v3 yesterday from the bedroom area, and, you know, he did it again today. He, you know, I feel like he's a tough kill when, when, he, when he's up there. Um, so good plays out of him. Then he's able to find a first blood in this round uh, number 10. Round number 10, Priest is able to find a first blood. So good plays out of him. Did they close it out here? Yeah, they have to kind of slow things down. And Minnesota's going to work a few picks um, and close they, this they, out. They didn't slow it down. They tried to hit B. And Preston just got a kill. And then it they, just they, like... They backed up for a sec to try and work a few uh, things going A. But number 7 actually don't get to kill. And the whole thing kind of falls apart. Yeah. So good play out of Minnesota to bounce back. You know, I always feel like Minnesota's going to be a good S&D team. Just by their roster on paper. I think two, three, five is going to be where they really shine. Um, I think for them, they need to really work on their hard point a little bit. Um, if they really want to compete and be the best of the best, I think they really, really need to focus on their hard point. But then we go into a control, and Optic looked really good in this control. I, I watched this a little bit. This is where I finally started to get the, get a chance to watch uh, a little bit more. And Optic was all over the map. They were picking up kills left and right. Formal, again, was just having a field day. He's 31-16 and 16 right now. I think do a good job getting onto these points and, and trying to make things hectic and, and picking up kills and they just do a good job. I mean, there's really nothing else much to say on my end unless you guys there's have a, more to add. There's a really good dashy basically sound horse attached at the end of this game um, that I thought was a, a massive kill and ended up kind of swinging it. Uh, again, just on the Minnesota side, I'm very curious and I I saw some of the comments saying I know that uh, the Minnesota team does those post game and pre game videos. I'll go back and watch and see sort of if they put in thought process on what they were trying to do with the uh, along this map through. Mm -hmm. um, Chris, I don't know if you watched this map at all. I'm not really too sure what you were doing. Did you watch this map, Chris, and all? Uh, I was mid-match, but for, I just kept, like, popping in, and I kept seeing that formal was going nuts, and I was like, yes, this is what I want to see out of this guy. Cause he's going to finish 35-19 in this map. Which is, which is, he, he still has it in him. Which is unreal. No, 100%. I think they all do. I think the decision-making is what's going to hold these guys back. I think if they can figure out on how to get on the same page and try and get themselves a little bit more consistency, I think, uh, you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But I just like the way they were working the map. I, I like the way they were working with each other and playing. I liked how they were picking up Kill Street. Um, they were able to get on this point and, and, uh, and just able to close this one out. They close this one out. Don't they win this offense? Yeah, I'm gonna. It skip comes down to lives. Bit. It yeah. comes down to lives. Dylan attached. He ends up picking up some streaks. He's gonna rain hell with some streaks, but um, I think Optic's able yeah. to close it out. Um, so I think it kind of happens. Actually, it's not Dylan gets down or it's Major Maniac. I apologize, but it's right here. Just a really good play from Dashy to just use the audio cues. Uh, if Major Maniac was able to get this kill, look at the lives count. It's three before uh, the 16 seconds left. The time's still gonna tick down. Instead, Major uh, Dashy gets that kill. Dylan does get to trade Big long, uh, and then he gets traded again by Dashy. He, he, fucked, up his, he fucked up his movement. I was by gonna the way. say, yeah, did, he fucked up his movement. Did Dashy yeah. go rogue or did he fuck up his movement? Oh no, I was talking about Major Maniac when he got Soundhorde. He uh, got a slow. He got a slow mantle because if he would have got a quick mantle over that wall, he would have been able to kill him. But I'm so saying, he, so I'm, he got the slow mantle. Yeah, on but it. I'm saying, attach right here. He picks up a kill street. And then it looks like he just gets caught out. Like, how, like how, you know what I'm saying? Like, he got zapped. Like, <laughs> yeah, Dashy those were good zapped shots. him. 
It was great shots. He might have he might have overstayed his welcome on the wood steps. I think. I don't know, but that she went massive. Picks up a yeah. big three piece. He's able to close it out. Um, anything can happen if that's going into an overtime. You know what I'm saying? And that's a big map for them. Uh, because if Minnesota is able to take a respawn and push it to a game five, I think anything can happen. Um, but then we go into a map number four. This is a super back and forth map, yeah, Tom. Yeah, back and forth map. Big plays out of Dashy to, to help them go up 2-1. But then we go into a garrison hard point. And uh, as we see on the screen, it was very back and forth the whole way through. It's 195 to 196 right now um, in this next rotation of Hills Bend. Yeah, I'm going to play that from here. I think Minnesota had an opportunity to close this one out and just some good plays from Optic on these last couple of hills to uh, go ahead and close out uh, the series with a 250 to Rewind that. You know, this is the problem, too. Like, Minnesota kind of fucked up here. You know, I don't know if they fucked up. The guy on point up. needed to push, up. He push out. He, he needed to stay alive. He needs, He's to, alone. he needs to push out or he needs to drop back. Like, he needs to drop Dude, back and play his life. This is a one-and-done spot at best. He's at in best. a one-and-done yeah, spot. One and, and the problem is, is nobody's here to help him. You know, nobody's here to help him. So, Dashi ends up getting the kill on point. Then you got a, die, a guy dying green. And now, Minnesota, they get put on the fucking yeah. back burner. And then it gets even worse because they're able to push this to a P2, right? Because Optic can't win it here. And they get gunned. They get gunned through the front of the hill. I'm pretty sure it was Envoy who made the play. If I remember correctly, Envoy, he's able to push through the front of hill. And and I think he guns Major Maniac. So, attach goes huge here. Um, if I remember correctly, he picks up a big two-piece around the back. Um, and he's able to play his life. Pick up some kills on rotation. So, great plays out of him. But then it's Envoy who makes the play. So, Minnesota, they're looking to end it on this P2 hill. They can end it here. They're picking up kills. Scump and Dashy go around the back. They pick up a kill. Attach is still playing alive, but it's this one. Number two and number six through the front. Mike can't lose that. He just can't. Mike ends yeah. up getting gunned. If he gets that kill, they might have been able to stabilize, but it, yeah. all the fact that uh, Scump, Scump or, or was it Scump right here? Yeah, Scump ended up getting around the back and finding a kill. As soon as he got that kill, somebody overpeaked an arch. And that's what ended up just basically spiraling it. Because if, yeah. if Scump gets that one kill and gets traded, it's not the end of the world. But the fact that they got two openers there when they're in the back already, that's going to spawn them out. And then it's just going to make because an easy break for Optic. Yeah, if they're able to get those kills and Mike can just kind of play his life, then people can flood in from Minnesota into Hill from the front and just kind of hold his cross and just play time. Because now they're just holding spawns and they can send it to a P3. Um, and they can just, you know, you know, win it there. But instead, Optic, they're able to... You know, Optic does a great job hitting some go buttons. They get some kills. They push through square and push through bricks very quickly. Pick up some kills, and they're able to spawn Minnesota out. So, you know, it puts Mike in a, in a weird position where he feels like he can get pitched from Arch. Um, and it just puts him in a weird spot. And Optic, they're able to collapse onto the hill. Big yep. win out of Envoy. Um, and then Optic's able to pick up spawns and close it out. They end up winning 3-1, to one, but... I think Minnesota, you got to give them props as well. You know, they came out and put on a show for us, and they played great. So, um, shout-out to the Minnesota Rockers. Shout-out to all those guys over there. I think for them, I think they just need to focus on their hard points. Their, their hard points are abysmal. They're just really bad right now. I think yeah, they need to focus just, on that. Just like Florida, I, I think they, they came to this land and had some good spots. They had some learnings. Uh, I think, like, we went from having three, like, a, a, a top-tier three teams Phase Toronto, New York, and then you had Optic at four, and then it was like kind of a mix after there. I think now with Dallas, Florida, and Minnesota, we'll see how the rest of this major plays out, especially with Dallas. But like going into the next major, I'll be curious to see if those some of those teams take the next step up and we get a little bit more parity at the top of the standings here. Listen, I know a lot of you guys want us to go on board with the listening, but we had five series today and it's been a long day. So if you want us to go on board with the listening, we're not going to. Not today. 
go back and watch if you guys want to go watch the listening. Um, you know, it was in the match. You guys can go back and watch it. But you know, we listen to listenings every day, and you know, they're very hyped and high energy, and you know, they're they're good listenings, man. Uh, but today it's, it was a long day, guys. You know, we've been going on. I don't know what the uptime is, and look at Mitch. Look at look at the queen. Look at my girlfriend in the chat. She said, "Fine, I'll go back and watch it." <laughs> go ahead, go back and watch it, Queen Mitch. Uh, we'll watch the scump interview at the. Uh, actually, no, Ben already skipped through it, so forget yeah. it. Forget the interview. We're going on to the final match, guys. We're going on to Toronto Ultra, going up against Atlanta Phase. Listen, we'll bring the listenings back in the next episode. But today, you know, it's been a long day. It's been a long episode so far, so we want to keep it moving. But Toronto and Phase. They kick off, and I think this was a series of the day, and I think everybody uh, pretty much thought that this was going to be the best series, and it was a very know. good series. I don't know if this is a series of the day. No, I think no, the no. First no. Two... It, nah, these are the two best teams going at it. It's not even close. These, these are the two best teams. I think the first two series were, were uh, no, very it, exciting. It, it's not about – I wasn't saying, you know, most yeah, exciting. Yeah, but in terms you know. of the quality of the gameplay here, like this this map is a simp show. The third map and the second map is kind of the cami show. Like uh, both these teams have incredible teamwork. Yet both teams are making insane individual plays to break through some of the excellent teamwork. I thought it was uh, every time these two teams play, man, the the high level COD is unreal between the two, uh, and this series did not disappoint. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Simp is the greatest player ever. I've com I'm convinced this guy's so consistent in everything. It's not even fucking fair. Anyways, yeah, he was <laughs> he, he was going off. Listen, Faze put on a clinic on this map. Uh, they came out strong and. And I thought, listen, do you guys want to go back and watch, listen to these listenings and these interviews? Everybody's flipping out, just spamming Lumas. Nah, nah, spam we, we gotta get, we gotta get my these God, matches, man. Guys, people, my people God, guys, again. my guys, God, guys, guys, my God. Listen, listen, it's not that big of a deal, guys. You know what I'm saying? It's not that big of a deal. You know, we're gonna move on and we're gonna keep talking about the next series, guys. There's, there's a lot of COD that was played, a lot of COD. We've been talking for over an hour now. You know, we've been going, talking about everything. Uh, if you guys want to go back and watch the listenings and, and watch the interviews, they're all they're all available for you guys to go check it out. But we're gonna continue on to this one. Uh, but Phase put on an absolute show, and I yeah, thought this see, series. Yeah, you see what happens here. The the P4s and P5s. Sorry, Tom. Sim goes off. I mean, the guy's twenty and nine at this point. Uh, and Phase do a good job on this P5. They they use their streaks really well offensively. Um, just make sure they pull away with this lead and close it out. Uh, and it was looking like a blowout after this map. But massive credit to Toronto. They pull up in the second map, hit phase with the absolute gunny on standoff. And, and at that point, I knew we were having a great series. Yeah, I mean, Ben, you called it going loading into the standoff. You said this is going to be a 6 0. Uh, it wasn't a success. After, was after the first round, I was like, this is looking like a success. Um, yeah, because you just thought, I don't know, there yeah. was something about Toronto on that map. You you think that Toronto yeah. are just really good at standoff, and you, you could just tell right off the rip that, you know. Wait, it, didn't we say yesterday that Toronto's not good at standoff, or they don't play it or something? Was that them that we talked about? I, it might have been them, but they looked great. I mean, we'll, we'll skip the rest of this map and just get into the stand-up. Yeah, I, just, they threw I mean, this, this was a blender. Uh, I, Simp was in the fucking cheeks of the first map. So if there's, the one, if, there's, if there's one weaknesses to, to FaZe's map pool right now is it seems like standoff in Miami are the two maps where they're struggling, and they can't veto both of them in a given series. So my expectation with them is I don't know if we'll see it again in this ma in this major, but I think you're going to see one or two of that maps in a lot of series for FaZe next stage uh, because, A, they, they've got a top 2C two, two basically locked in. So at this point, they need to get those reps and get prepared for a chance when they're going to have to play one or two of those maps. Mm -hmm. No, they definitely looked a little uncomfortable here in this map. Toronto just do a good job in this map, just really uh, pushing the, the, the initiative. They just take initiative. They get that map control like really easily. They definitely have a game plan, and they definitely talked about this map. 
Yeah. And I think FaZe are going to go back and watch this and, and pick up on some I things think and, and maybe take some things. I think for my POV, and I don't know, Chris, if you feel the same way, I feel like phases don't really get a lot of back alley control. They just don't utilize the map well. Uh, and they were just they were just not taking control of mid. They'd cross mid and get blooded. Uh, their A setups, they would they would had some good executes, but they were never able to execute the good post plants. And then on defenses, they just had no answer for the mid pressure from Toronto. Toronto will work grandmas. Uh, and then rotate the A and just get bloods and FaZe had no answer for that. Yeah, I just think their FaZe is just not very proactive on this map, in honesty, in terms of like like taking what they, what they like using the information they get and making quick uh, quick decisions on it. Because that's all this map is. Like the map is so compact that like once you like read read some information, you have to commit to something and they're just struggling. They, they find themselves kind of just like waiting around a lot of the time and it just bites them in the ass. Yeah, yeah this situation here with Alec here and sort of this is the, the last round of the map, you know, they get into this this decent post plan mm -hmm. setup. Alex pushed out all the way. Just can't execute the kill against Vance. They can't also kill Cammy who, who went to that top P2. And they just get collapsed and broken. Traditionally, we don't really see this a lot from FaZe. Their, their S&D is pretty solid, but then they clearly got a little bit of work to do on this map. I think this is one of those maps where as, as time goes on, FaZe will get better at it. I think they need more reps on it. They look a little lost sometimes. They were pinning themselves. Um, it, it just looked like Ultra was taking advantage of it. You could tell they were a little bit more prepared. Um, they were more prepared, and honestly, I feel like that's the story of, of Toronto. They're a very unorthodox team, and they work really well together. They're a really hard team to play against, especially in S&D, so kudos to them because they came out in that standoff, and they bounced back. I think FaZe came out and made a statement first map, and I think Toronto came out and made a statement second map. Uh, this control is fucking nuts because our city's shot a fucking cruise missile, uh, and I'm mind-blown that he did that. I can't yeah, believe let me, let me Let me go back so we can see it. I, I think this ended up being... Really, today we saw the the controls uh, as we watch Alec. Uh, apparently, he shoots the he shot the, the missile right here. That's why oh, I didn't explode. That's actually insane. But, uh, he shot oh, the way I think he killed it on. I think he killed it on accident because he was shooting somebody and the missile just popped in front of him before. Look at this. No, he no 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 no. He said he, he, said no, he, he shot, shot it. Wait, look at look at his uh his X-ray. He said that he shot it on purpose. That's what he said. Wait, wait, Ben, I'm running this back. No, yeah, you're right, but like, look, wow. Look, wait. Okay. And he got a kill. And he it's got gonna a come. Kill. It's gonna come. Watch. I'm gonna pause it right when he like looks at it. And he got a kill, bro. I wish we could see it from his POV. Like, see right here, he's he's not even looking towards Kleenex. He's looking at the Christmas. So he shoots that shit, and then he looks at Kleenex and kills him. Wait, wow. I'm actually That's the, the CDL account. Right the there. CDL accounts. I wonder if it's crazy. That's I wonder if crazy. the CDL accounts that they're using, like, um, are the same ones that, like, people use for their stage matches. Couldn't, I, I, I would want to see that from theater if he could get that from his oh, POV. True. That would actually be sick if he could sick. find that. that yeah, we'll, see, we'll see if they're able I'll, to dig I'll, it up. I'll text him. But, uh, but I think from, Toronto, <laughs> from Toronto's POV. I want to see uh, it. So it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Game this map. Toronto, Toronto actually tossed. get this down to, like, like in the... A, the Toronto pretty, tossed. They tossed, and this ended up being the swing in the series. They fucking uh, tossed. Listen, our city's... Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, our city C pops, he kills the fucking cruise missile, and then he goes fucking massive and picks up a big two piece. And I don't know who it was, but he shit on somebody bad. Uh, but we'll take a look right here. I think he jumps out of money window. But go ahead, Ben. I didn't mean to cut you off. You were. Yeah, talking. I was gonna say he clutches like it ends up being a one v six. That's a little gas because they ended up winning it on time. But for Toronto, we traditionally don't see him make mistakes like this. Uh, in the rate control and it ended up basically being the difference in the series. This was such a big win right here by Kleenex. I mean, he does a great job playing his life, oh, dipping wow, and weaving. Yeah. 
um he's able to kill a and just him staying alive basketball court is just fucking huge because it's just a, it just buys that time for his teammates to come in and and try and stack this point and then once they get on this point um you have Selim. he's trying to make a play through the back he gets taken out everybody falls and it all comes down to fucking alec akr cities he kills one and oh snaps on insight snaps on insight yep pre-fires him for the Wait. second kill and there's just no more time left ben. Wait, Inside has 100. Wait, no, no, no. He has 96. I think he has 96 HP, and he was. Yeah. He, he I don't was know late. why he felt the need to trade it so fast, Tom. Like, like. Well, there's no time hmm. on the clock. He had to get on the no, point. No, 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 no. Like, look, look. Okay. So when Bance dies, like, Insight is weak. He has here. time. There's, fi there's 5.4 seconds left, Tom, and he's weak. He's 96 HP. He can like. Take a couple seconds to chow, but he chows weak and dies. He, I mean, he probably, I mean, Alec is weak too, but like still, dude, yeah, that's tough. He probably tried to get the trade while he could. You know, Alex yeah. weak. He's shooting at somebody else. Like he just he missed the trade, man. Oh, Honestly, man. it's a great play for, by Alec. Arceus was able to pre-fire the corner. Yeah, he, he, pre predi he predicted insight and he, he picks up the kill. IQ. He sends it to an overtime, and and this is where FaZe end up winning in, on an offense. They go into overtime. FaZe goes on an offense, and I love how they set this up. They get Selim in the water. They push to the front. They get a BZ to camp a corner mid-map. So all they need to do is play their lives Tiki, play their lives Water, and try and pick up some kills so they can work a stack on the point. And then if Toronto does try and flank through mid, they have a guy playing an off-angle mid-map. And I love how a BZ stays super patient. He doesn't move. He doesn't challenge Kitchen. He waits for those guys into the front of a hill. He, he waits for... He trusts his teammates. He has full trust they, on his they, teammates. He gets set up. They get good trades here. You'll see Simp also pinch around and get the last one. It's just a really good set play from them. Yeah, uh, and they're able to get this stack and eventually work this kill. Mm -hmm. I believe. I I don't know. Do they do they cap it here? I think. Uh, they did not here initially. I'm pretty sure they get end up getting another series of kills and then uh, they end up stacking onto this point. But they just do a good job of just holding that mid map control and 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 just really putting pressure on the front of that B point. And it just forces Toronto to just try and make plays because you know, Phase is doing such a great job running those lives down and stopping that clock like they keep getting on the clock they keep I'm, running the lives down and they're just forcing toronto I'm to really make curious, plays. Chris. i'm really curious why toronto all wrapped kitchen they had one guy in basketball and he was just kind of staying alive and a guy in money and they all ended up going kitchen i guess they were going to try to get mid map but i think the best play there is to probably have the majority of your team go basketball and try to like mm. use the guy that's in money to line of sight and find where the players are so that way the players in basketball can explode onto the point they mm -hmm. kind of just got staggered here in 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 kitchen and just did nothing with it yeah they kept trying to get kitchen falling. control i mean a lot of the times yeah. you see teams they really focus on kitchen but again i I just think this was all phased i think they just made it really yeah. difficult for toronto i think they did a good job just applying pressure on the front side of that hill while also holding mid-map not pushing it like instead of getting aggressive into kitchen which you see a lot of teams do they stay patient and they just keep getting on that point and stopping the clock and when they do that they just consistently just keep working their trades and their kills and the lives are running out it was 17 to 10 in favor of phase life count advantage as long as they keep just getting on the front of that that point and just picking up kills i mean toronto's gonna lose their lives so they have no point they, they have no chance they, they have to keep pushing and they have to hope that they win the gunfights but phase do a good job putting the pressure on them um and then we go yeah. into a, a moscow hard point this is a this is weird crazy. weird moscow I, I can't remember the last time I watched a Moscow where one team basically had all the P2 time and the other team had all the P3 time. Like, legitimately, it was just this weird back and forth. FaZe also kind of dominated the other hills. I think 
Uh, Toronto is a very interesting strat. I'm gonna go back and kind of play this. We. Uh, this is sort of one of those like metagame things that sort of evolve over the course of the year, right? At the beginning of the year, teams are hitting the front of this hill, then getting down and playing from the front. Mm-hmm. And towards the middle of the year, the teams are going around the back trying to get the spawns. And now Toronto's like, well, if you guys are all just going to stack the back of the hill because you think we're going to hit the back, we're just going to flood front because you probably got one or two guys watching. And then we'll hold it from the front and play from there. So respect to Toronto and Massive yeah, Props for dictating the meta here. Uh, we'll see hills evolve like this over the course of a year, but... Uh, I mean, Ben, happy to not, point it out. not only not only that, like, does a good point out of you, but, like, the fact that Kleenex gets this kill, like, an elbow, like, not only does he, like, have a go button and actually full commits yeah. into elbow, but the fact that he kills Abizi in elbow is what made them break it. Because if he loses this gunfight, like, Tor- Toronto looks like a bunch of dumbasses and they just die. I mean, they still look kind of dumb getting 1v4 by selling him, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, no, it, it should have been it, a lot more successful it than was, that. It was a good play because what Toronto does is they distract the guy in those head glitches and he's able to sneak gone in to that elbow position and he's able to catch a busy off yeah. guard um but then sally ices up and and that's the thing with phase is you know you do everything right you do everything right toronto works a break and then you got somebody like sally who could just bail you out with his talent he just uses his talent he works his angles and he bails him out he pops a four piece he kills all four of them and it's like sometimes it's like okay well what are you gonna fucking do they probably should have traded him out better but um they tried and and sally is just you know he uses his talent to bail him out it's and different then, and then at this point, I feel like FaZe just caught fire from that. Like, selling yeah, the Cell, four piece. Yeah, Cell keeps and it going, man. He keeps it going. He's unreal. Bro, I was, at the, I was in the FaZe lounge today, and I was watching these guys practice. And, you know, I was watching a lot of teams practice, like, just standing behind them, right? And FaZe is, like, one of the only teams where I'm, like, going behind each monitor and watching them all play. And they're just all just so talented across the board. It's, like, they're going to be really tough to beat. You got to play almost perfect to beat these guys or just hope that you catch them on a bad day. I mean, it's it is what it is. You know, I'm a big New York fan, and I want to see these guys win. You know, but you gotta call it where you see it. And I think any competitor that plays against them will say the same thing. They are a tough team to beat. They are hard, um, and it's strictly because not only are they talented, but I think RCDs bringing RCDs on and and helping them get these guys on the same page, and you know, just playing the game the right way, um, really shows. And Selium was on one this last map because this guy wasn't missing a bullet, especially after that four piece. So just a good job out of him. One thing that I really like about Selling's play style that we were talking a little bit about in the team speak, just watching him play, is just the way he's able to position himself and change up his angles. He's very unpredictable. You just never know where the hell he's going to be. Um, and he's just very annoying to play against. So shout out to Selling. Shout out to all the FaZe guys. They were able to close this one out. Um, and they are in our grand finals, correct, Ben? Yeah, they're going to be in the grand finals. Uh, I think there's a probably high probability we see this rematch again mm-hmm. uh in the grand finals i think toronto played well again just the map three mistake ended up costing them you know i don't think they'll go back and fix it but um i think also one other thing on the face side too is i believe they've won 11 hard points in a row now mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive um they're just rounding into form on that game mode um and I, I think they're going to be really tough to beat in the best of nine at and the hey, moment. And hey, kudos to the coaching staff as well. You got Coach RJ over there doing his thing. You got Crowder. People like to call him the coach. Uh, one thing that I noticed when I was walking by some of these practice rooms is just the atmosphere in there. It just always seemed very stressed, very tensed in a lot of these rooms. But then when you walk past the phase room, they're fucking laughing and they're cracking jokes and they're having a good fucking time. It's like very laid back. Like these guys are having fun out there. They're having a lot of fun and they have a lot of trust in each other. And I just think that they got a good thing going on over there. Um, and it shows. It shows in the results that they've been getting. So, you know, they're in the grand finals. They'll be awaiting their opponent. 
Um, and then we go into Champ Sunday, Ben. We got a lot of great matches. We're obviously going to give our predictions. But, guys, this is going to be a fucking banger. Um, because I do think FaZe can be taken down. I think people need to come out with the fire. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think we're going to have a crazy Champ Sunday. We already had a crazy Saturday. This weekend has been an absolute blast. I don't know about you guys, but I have been having a great, uh, great time watching these games. A great time talking to you guys here on the show and, and doing this show every night. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. So thank these you guys matches, for joining these in. These matches have been unreal. It's been nuts. It's been a fucking... Hey, Call of Duty is not fucking... It's nuts right now. And, you know, it's disappointing to see where the viewership's at. And I know a lot of people... I think, have been, I think Yeah, I think a lot of people have been complaining. But you also got to think, you know, YouTube is not the best when it comes to live viewership. I think a lot of the views always come on YouTube after. Like, a lot of people are always watching yeah, after the true, fact. Yeah, true, true. I, I think that'll change over time. Um, but I think the, that the league and everybody has been doing a great job. And, uh, you know, I think the production's been good. And I think everything's been really good. So... Um, I've been having a blast watching this event. I've been having a blast. And I also think people are dragging the viewership a little bit. I don't think it's as bad as people make it sound. Um, but it's definitely not great, right? I think we can I think we can all agree we would like to see the viewership skyrocket a little bit more. But that's why we keep pushing yeah, out we, the... We, we talked about it yesterday. I think there's a lot of factors, and it's a pretty yeah, nuanced conversation. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we'll get it back. You know, it's just, uh, you know, we'll stay, get it back. stay yeah, patient. It's a little rut, yeah. Don't, don't give up on the culture, man. Don't give up on the scene. The Call of Duty scene is, is fucking special, man. It's iconic. You know, there's, there's a lot of fucking esports games, and, you know, there's nothing like the fucking CDL. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing like Call of Duty. I fucking love it. Uh, but let's get into some of uh, to some of these matches we'll be seeing tomorrow. We got Dallas Empire going up against Optic Chicago. See, these are your top four. FaZe, Ultra, Dallas Empire, and Optic Chicago will be your top four going into Championship okay, Sunday. Okay, okay, For elimination round five, we got Dallas Empire going up against Optic Chicago. This is going to be a great match because I think Dallas has been on point. They look really good. Yeah, they look really they good. They really do. They look good. I think Optic looks really, really good today. Um, I'm personally gonna go three two in favor of Dallas today. Ooh, uh, I'm, like I'm gonna go with Dallas, and I just be, I just think they're gonna hit form. I think they're gonna hit form. I feel like they they're looking a lot better. Um, I think it's gonna be a tough matchup for Optic. Um, I could see anybody taking it. Obviously, like I think these are two really good teams, and I think regardless, it's gonna go down to the wire. Um, and I know there's a lot of Optic fans in here because I just saw Car Addict say, fuck you, Tom. But what are you going to do? <laughs> well, you know, it's my opinion. You know, it's just a prediction. You know, it's just a prediction. Um, I think, uh, I think Dallas is going to win 3-2. I think, I think they are. But I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. Yeah, um, I think when, when Dallas and Optic first played, uh, I definitely had Dallas going uh, going into that. Just got, I just felt like they were going to come with the fire. But I think like former said in their interview after they beat uh, Seattle, I think, mm -hmm. they said uh, they got a little too ahead of themselves like going into land. They they kind of like thought they were, you know, going to just come out and, and beat and beat them with ease. But I think they got a nice little reality check of how good Dallas is, especially online. Mm -hmm. And those two, those two match reps they had today were huge, in my opinion, for Optic. Like seeing Skump just start off like 18 six and in like all those series like just yeah. going off like yeah. if you have landscape going off like that i think optic's gonna win so i'm gonna go optic uh three one <clears throat> i like that what about you ben i'm gonna stick with my prediction i had um when we did our show earlier this week um i like optics all around game in this matchup there's there's a lot of um i think there's a lot on the line here uh for both teams and i yeah, like okay. where optics progressing uh, going into this matchup, I think Optic's going to take a 3-2. I'm going to give Dallas the respect to go into Game 5 here. Uh, but I think Optic's going to clutch up in the Game 5 and, and keep it running all the way to Losers Finals here. Cool. I like that, Ben. It's a good prediction out of you. What do you think, uh, Parasite? 
I like what I saw from Optic in their last two matches, but uh, Empire has been very consistent this entire tournament. Obviously, they'd lost to Ultra, but even that series was a really, really close series. You know, I think they lost was a six-five last map. Mm -hmm. So, like, just just based on the sample size we have of Empire and how consistent they've been in the tournament, I'm probably going to give it to Empire. But I do think that Optic will come out, and it could be anyone's game. But I'm going to give it three-two to Empire. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm fucking. I think we're all pulling shit out of our ass on who we yeah. think is. Gonna predictions, win. man. Like it's we're not the coaches. But, like, but, yeah. but I think at the end of the day, you know, I think these are two amazing teams, and I think anybody can take it. I'm just really Thanks. excited to kick off tomorrow with this match. I think it's going to be a fucking good one. Um, I'm but also I will say, Tom, whoever wins ain't beating Toronto. That's what I will say too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, agree. I agree with that. I, I agree. agree. With like, this, that's um, not even close. I think like, we're yeah. going back. I think we're going back to a phase Toronto final. I think Phase is going to end up taking the whole t the whole thing tomorrow. Yeah. I really do. Um, but I but I do agree. I think either Dallas or Opt well obviously one of them's gonna move through and then I think Ultra's gonna take them down. I think it'll be like a three one or a three two. I can see them making it a series and it'd be can, really yeah, fucking yeah, I close. I, I wanna see Empire win like uh well obviously not win the tournament necessarily, but like I wanna see them win their next two matches because that's the one matchup I guess that we haven't really seen. Um, especially with how good Empire was playing Toronto. I wanna see them play phase and see how uh their subs perform versus the tiny terrors because uh Reese and Vivid or Reese and vivid recent shots he have been playing really well this tournament so i want to see how they match up versus those two hey i would love to see a phase optic final that'll be that'll be nuts that'll for, for, be for the be culture cool right for the culture, for the culture. I, think, I think it'll be really fucking cool yeah. um so we'll see what happens tomorrow i think we got a lot of incredible matches tomorrow i'm i'm really excited to watch this i'm happy that there's not five guys my brain was all over the, i was at the venue today filming and you know i was talking to a bunch of different people and i was just busy all day so I was doing the best I could to, to try and watch the matches and, you yeah, know, Tom, my, my brain is mush. I've been sitting here with Ben for the last nine, 12 hours. It's a long day, guys. It's a long day. Yeah, and but, it, hey, it, Call of Duty's life. Listen, I took a micro nap at one point. It was, it was the absolute struggle bus, it, it, but we got a, through it. It, it, it. That's the thing too, is like, I'm watching these series back and I'm like, it, it comes to me as I watch it. Right. Mm -hmm, but like, mm -hmm. sometimes I can't even remember who won what map or like, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. it's just like, they're all blended together. I, I, can't even fucking remember what the fuck's going on. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun, and I, I very much enjoyed it. It's just been a long fucking day. But, hey, we're going to go to the chat for some questions, man. I hope you guys have been enjoying the show some so far. We'll uh, we'll take one or two questions out of the chat, and then uh, we'll have Ben fucking hit a putt, and we'll call it a fucking night, and then we'll get ready for championship Sunday. I think, the, I think this weekend of shows have been absolutely incredible. Um, so I appreciate you guys uh, joining up. If Asim can't get into the states, do New York, do New York pick up Desi? Asim's getting in, brother. He already yeah, got his. I'll uh, be in sometime next week, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, he got his stuff going. He just uh, needs to get it I've all been, mailed to him. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been super transparent, with, especially with you guys in the flank. But I said it before. I mean, my visa got approved. I just have to wait for it to come in the mail. So there's there, there's some good news for, Let's for you. Let's get away some of the chat. Asim, Asim doesn't have to plan his backup PC. I like that. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna see some Tom and Asim streams. I like yeah, that, bro. I like yes, that. I like will that. definitely see. Yeah. Facts, hey, we go, we're gonna have Asim coming through to the apartment, man. Maybe we can get him on the on the nah, show I'll live. I'll be living in Tommy's crib, man. Come yeah, on, that ass, bro. We're gonna be chilling, bro. Yep. Uh, somebody yeah, said are. not a question, more of a take. I think RCDs has taken a lot what he learned with his time with Clay, and he has brought it to his face team. I think RCDs is just a smart player in general, brother. I think he's always been a leader. I don't, I don't think yeah. he just like learned from Clay that much. I think RCDs has just always been a really good, smart player, and I think Our even on E United, he helped Clay when it came to you know. Yeah. 
being that IGL and I think Arcities is I think Arcities is progressing to that like IGL status that we know from like all our you know veterans like Clay and 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 Krim and stuff like that. I think he's mm -hmm. gonna he's definitely yeah. gonna be up there. You know maybe get another like year or two. And I mean he's obviously doing it well right now, but like another year or two under his belt doing this type of stuff with that like tenure of a roster and. You know, you're going to call that guy a great leader, man, in the future. Now, somebody said, will methods improve ultra because of LAN experience? Uh, are you fucking serious? <laughs> are you being serious? I think ultra look insane right now, bro. I would not touch a thing on that team. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think methods is a great player, but I would not touch the... Uh, I would not touch the the roster, man. Yeah, phase, phase, priority phase for uh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, I was go a priority for Toronto in the offseason to resign this whole roster because they managed to build a team without unquote like traditional superstars. The team is absolutely frying. They're going to get better and better, more chemistry as they play together. They absolutely played well in the in, through most of this year outside of stage one. That was obviously what's in. Uh, I, I think they've got a great setup. They just got to keep it going and not let the usual offseason bullshit happen uh, mm -hmm. to mix up the team. Somebody said, do you think RCDs or Insights is the best AR in the league? I think I think RCDs is the best right now. I mean, that guy is different, bro. Either Alec or probably Insight for me. Well, that's what he just asked. He said, which one's yeah. the best? Yeah. Uh, he, he said, he said RCDs yeah. or Insight, who's the best out of the two? Uh, I'm, try I'm trying to tip Insight here, too, man. Well, yeah, that's yeah, no, I, I heard what you said. I heard what you said. You're a fucking asshole. I heard what you said. You're a fucking prick. You know that? No, listen, man. You need to shut it, man. You're just making it worse. Man. You're just making it worse. Out. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll end on this final question. One, because this is a good question. I think it's a good one. Who do you guys think the MVP of the tournament is? Who do you think it's gonna be at the end of the tournament? Um, simp, simp by a mile. His his stats and everything has been unreal. Simp, right? Yeah, that yeah. Kid, If Phase wins, simp. If Ultra wins, probably Cami. If Empire wins, probably Reese Vivid. Optic <laughs> yeah, wins. Yeah, side yeah, can we? Yeah, we can't. We could be on it. It could be scum. Hey, bro, yes. we cannot hide away. <laughs> From Cammy, that guy's nuts. Yeah, I know that He's guy is crazy. Man. That guy's nuts. That guy's on another level. And I agree too. Scumps and playing really good too. Yeah, King could Scump. be scum for that team. Yeah, If they make yeah. a run, we might see Scump MVP. You know, we'll see. It depends who wins. But I, I think, in, me personally, I think Phase is gonna win, and I think Simp will get MVP. I agree with Asim. I think that kid, that kid's been the MVP for three yep. years. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. And I was watching his POV a little bit today, and. Dude, I don't know, bro. My Those... God, huh? My God. They're just... They're, they're good. They're good. You know, they're good players. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. Um, And they're good kids, too. They're good kids. So, shout out to all those guys, man. Hey, shout out to Dallas Optic Ultra and FaZe. Congratulations to you guys for making a top four. I think you guys have all played uh, very good this weekend. Um, I know that we have uh, we have some choice words to say sometimes about these teams and kind of shit that they're doing, but that's also because we think very highly of these teams and we like to break it down and, and try and, you know, say what we think is uh, is needed for them to get to that next level. So, you know, if any of the players are watching or anybody ever watches and they're like, ah, oh, you know, these guys are idiots, they don't know what they're talking about, hey, you know, everybody has their own opinions, but I think for the most part, um, you know, we, we definitely think very highly of everybody on this list and, you know, we just like to break down COD and try and call it ha as we see it and try and be as realistic as possible as people who've been around for a while and, and know the game, or at least think we know the game. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, it's been an absolute blast, but Ben, I think it's fucking goat time. I think it's Yo, time. Yo, let me go grab my putter for my bag. Why do you like... never have your fucking putter out? You never fucking have this fucking Come thing. Uh, I thought about getting out before the show, but I forgot. My bad. All right, go ahead. I'll go back to the screen. Over here. <laughs> Fucking Ben, look at him walk away with his slippers. Why doesn't he wear socks? I don't at least understand. he tucks in his pants every time he walks away. You know uh, why you know. is there a fucking penis in my chat? Guys, 
Every day I look at my chat and I see fucking penises and titties. Can you guys stop with this fucking shit? What's wrong with you? And where the fuck are my mods? Because that penis is still lurking in the chat. It, the hell, it is dude? still there. Do I need to fucking do it? Okay, let me switch monitors. Okay, it's gone. It's gone. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Whatever mod, whoever did that. Benjamin Asim stepping up to the plate, ladies and gentlemen. He's got the putter in hand. He's got the short shorts on today. He's got the no socks on. Once again, no socks with his slippers going. He's going to place this fucking ball on the green. He's going to step into it. He's got the Michael Jordan shirt on. He's gonna line it up. He's gonna spot the hole. And he's gonna try and sink this one for the show today. And he's gonna sink the putt, ladies and gentlemen. Benjamin seems at a whole other level lately. He sinks every single putt. And I'm gonna ben be hasn't honest, missed a putt this entire major. He we drain putts, Tom. We drain putts. You're draining putts, Benny. You're draining fucking putts. You're draining you know? putts. You're draining putts. What are you gonna do later? Uh -huh. I see Adam Adam in the chat bed against me to drain a putt. Come on, man. Hey, hey, hey. How hey, could hey, you ever do that, Ben? Hey, you're hey, a champion. Hey, 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 chat, whoever, whoever's doing the fucking predictions with the bits and shit, do not fuck it up. Make sure you pick yeah, the right dude. thing. I've actually lost four. I always I keep saying it, but I'm still fucking mind blown. Five years of watching Tommy and collecting channel points. I lost it all. Because the mod fucked it That's up. Crazy. That's crazy. It's fucking nuts. It's fucking nuts. What are you gonna do? You know, what lost are you gonna fucking do? 500k points, Guys, man. guys, make sure it to show Ben some love all right drop a win in the chat guys thank you so much for watching another episode of the flank i hope you guys have been enjoying hey wrl man did you guys enjoy the show i'm gonna uh i'm gonna put it i'm gonna take subscribers uh only off i'm gonna turn it off give me a wrl did you guys enjoy the show i hope you guys have been enjoying this weekend of shows i think uh we've been going really hard uh, the last few days and i think the shows have been incredible and most importantly i think uh just a colleague has been doing a great job with the event, and I, I've been having an absolute blast. And I was over there today, and they have a lot of people working really hard behind the scenes. So shout out to uh, to everybody that that worked behind the scenes to get these events popping, um, because there's a lot of work that that needs to be done to you know entertain you guys. So shout out to them. Um, shout out to Asum and Parasite for joining us today. I always appreciate no problem, you guys Tom. when you come on. I really enjoy you guys' presence. So thank appreciate you guys. You, dog. Um, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, guys. Please follow the stream if you haven't already. Follow the stream. We're always in here playing games and shit. Um, so I know a lot of you guys find me through the Call of Duty browsing games and shit, but, you know, we play all kinds of shit. So make sure you follow the stream. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Go to anchor.fm slash flank to check out all audio sites we're on. Make sure to go follow everybody in here. And uh, as always, guys, thank you for uh, watching another episode of The Flank. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Champ Sunday after another set of matches. Um, you guys already know the vibe, all right? Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good day.